on. Salutations! This is Dial H for Heroclix, episode 292. I'm your sexy cattle rancher, Calderness. Salutations, salutations. Let us proceed to be rambunctious. <laughs> Like always, Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Well, check that applesauce, my goodness, at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio, as always, is my fellow radio announcing assistant, Simeon Bruce. How are we today, my good fellow? Great, Calder. It's the 20s. The roaring 20s, Simeon. By sure hope there's not a... Great Depression on the horizon. Oh, I sure <laughs> hope not. That would really ruin my economic prosperity. Ooh, boy. Like always, we start with what made us happy this week. And I tell you what, I sure do enjoy not being all dusty, as they say. Don't know why I feel like saying that. It's just kind of a thing us ranchers like to do. Uh, like always, <laughs> this is Dial H for HeroClix. Uh, thank you guys so much for tolerating that for as long as you had to. Uh, but we Welcome do... to the new decade. Welcome to the new decade. Of the, the 20s. The roaring 20s. Ooh, I can, I, you feel different? You feel different, Simeon? I feel different. It feels great. I feel Ooh. older. I... I, always, I always feel older every day I wake up. Are you keeping your resolutions? Oh, I didn't make any. That's, that's, that's how I keep... That is kind of the right answer, actually. Goodness. Uh, but we do like to start with what made us happy this week. Simeon, why don't you start... What made me happy this week is after a long couple of weeks of uh, travel and holidays and more travel and shops being closed and people caring about seeing family and those kind of people, I finally got to play a Heroclix match last Sunday. My first one of the new year. What was your build? What was the scenario? What was the first thing you played in this great new year? The scenario was 400 points. We were playing for the Batman LE, the mm. One Punch Ooh, Batman, right. uh, the Saitama Batman, um, the new LE. So everything had to be, well, it didn't have to be Batman themed, but everything had to be DC, 400 points. And uh, anyone with the name of Bat in their name, whether it was like Batman, Man Bat, uh, Ape Batman, like anything that had the, the Bat name, or real name Bruce Wayne got prob control. Oh jeez! Wow. So, I didn't go too crazy. Um, I played the Rebirth Batman, the Uncommon with like super stealth. Um, I played the old Penguin because I haven't busted him out in a long time. Um, let's see, Orphan. I threw her on a team because you know it's the only Cassandra Kane that's modern. Um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty decent, like, little team. Uh, I won map, because the other guy didn't have theme, and I went on the Sentinel map. <laughs> so the only thing that wasn't DC about it was the map choice. That's and hilarious. it uh, it was pretty fun. It was just, uh, oh, I also had Anarchy on the team, and I think I KO'd more of my own figures with Anarchy bombs than his characters. So that was pretty fun. 
But yeah, that's awesome. I kind of hate Anarchy, though. Uh, Devin made sure that I would absolutely hate that figure oh, yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have uh, three of them, and I'm like, oh, it's so good they made him a Prime, because my word, does it, with is it just awful? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what made me happy this week was I went thrift store shopping, and I love finding really cool t-shirts, especially shirts like I just don't expect to find. And I found a Fight Milk t-shirt, 100% real protein for bodyguards by bodyguards in my size and it is my new favorite t-shirt for anyone that watches it's always sunny in philadelphia uh not appropriate for young fight viewers. milk just makes me think of the cowboys of moo mesa oh yeah they drink fight milk uh no no i don't <laughs> in that universe it would be very strange if they did i don't <laughs> Well, this is made of pro <laughs> Simeon. It's not actual dairy product. That would be a little crazy. Oh, okay. Um, Soy fight milk. Yeah. But, yeah, right. See? Oh, geez. No. Soylent Green 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, uh, this is going to be our New Clicks on the Block episode four to start off. We will have news after it. There will be a news timestamp in the description of the podcast, like always. So with the beginning of the year, we're going to go ahead and finish off the New Clicks on the Block. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So, you screwed up. You know what you did was wrong. The question is, how are you going to make things right? Maybe you were trying to be cool. You take it from a guy who's been frozen for 65 years. The only way to really be cool is to follow the rules. New Clicks on the Block, Episode 4. We're going to call this one Competitive Compound. We're going to talk about breaking into the more competitive side of hero clicks once after you've been playing for a while you're wheeling and dealing you have bought all your hero clicks you have played and experienced play and know what it's like kind of the ins and out of the game you have all the powers memorized and everything and now you want to start playing competitively and if you think you got what it takes well got what it takes well then here we are to give you a little bit of help to usher you in along your competitive path uh simeon yeah so we have a pretty thriving community in Omaha. Um, it's split between a couple different venues, but overall we've got about 20 active players at any given time. Um, and we had a newer player. He had been coming into like the venue for a couple months. He was starting to build like fairly competitive teams, um, but nothing that was really like what I would. Someone that like I like me who pays attention to build lists online and looks at, like, tournament standings and, like, what's doing well and stuff like that. He wasn't building, like, that kind of caliber. He was just building, like, more kind of casual competitive teams, which is fine. It's fine to uh, to broaden your horizons, like, slow steps. He decided to come to, like, one of the local WKOs, and I hadn't realized that, that he was coming until I saw him there, and so I didn't have any chance to give him a forewarning but he just, he was so devastated at the end, and he was like, man, like, I didn't know about Colossal Retaliation, I didn't know about these ID card things, I didn't know about, like, this figure and that figure, I thought that, like, this team was gonna do really well, and I just got, like, stomped every game, and so I just, you know, I kind of went over a few things with him, and was like, you know, like, don't get too discouraged, because... As a new player, like you're not gonna win your first tournament ever. Uh, it just doesn't happen. But even on top of that, like you really want to like have fun, no matter what kind of level of com- competition you're playing at. Otherwise, you're just gonna stop playing the game altogether. I feel. So with that, Calder, what are what are some tips 
Uh, so I think the first thing you need to do uh, when you start playing competitively is to change your mindset a little bit. This isn't just, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, blah, 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 blah like whatever. Uh, for the longest time, my mindset towards competitive was I can't just have a team of a good attacker, a secondary attacker, support, whatever. And because I was looking at builds online, I'm like, I've got to have some kind of gimmick. And this is true and not true. Um, it really depends what the scene is like at that time. So the first thing you need to do is be aware of what's being played on the table. Uh, I think right after Thor came out, I built specifically... Um, not like Unimind builds, but I built something that would somewhat counter Unimind. Like that was like, if this team can beat Unimind, it can probably beat any team. Now that was two years ago, three years ago, whatever. Uh, so it was a little different, but you you just need to have that in mind. You need to know what's being played. So you need to know about all the stuff we're about to list off to you. You need to pack some of that on your teams, um, but you don't necessarily have to net deck everything. So you don't have to be like, look, that just won something. I'm going to buy exactly what that guy played, and then I'm just going to play it. You have to understand uh, how the team works and all the ins and outs, because although that guy played it and won with it, there's another 10 guys that played almost the exact same team that didn't win. Uh, so that's there's just a lot of stuff you understand. Net decking in Heroclix doesn't totally work the same as it does in other games. Just because you have a team full of good figures doesn't mean that it is going to work. So you need to first find what you want to play, and you need to practice it a ton. Knowing the ins and outs of your team, whether or not it is an amazing team or not, uh, will give you a better edge than just playing something that you think someone else thinks is good or won with. Uh, just being very knowledgeable about what everything you can do, that's the toolbox. Not having pick a power is the toolbox and adapting to every situation. But understanding everything your team can do, that's, that's the real key and mindset that you need to have is practice, practice, practice. Uh, know what the field is going to look You're never going to know exactly what you're going to play each time. It's physically impossible, but you need to have a good understanding of what the current competitive field is and what you need to kind of build around. For sure. Um, and like with that, there's there's plenty of things that you can expect depending on like what level of play you're at. Um, to go along with like knowing your team, know your reach. Uh, which is, you know, do you have an, a TK on your team? If you're playing competitively, you probably should have access to TK in one way or another. Um, do you have, like, sidestep? Can you carry? Can you, uh, like, charge, running shot? What's your range when you do that? Different stuff like that. Um, if you're doing, like, an ID battery team, which is one of, like, my least favorite builds that has ever spawned out of ID cards... Uh, if you're doing an ID battery team, a lot of that comes down to, like, where are you placing the guy who's able to call in? Because that's, like, just as important as the figure that you're calling in, is if he can call them in in, like, a good spot. Because they're limited to the five squares they can move out, and, you know, different stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I think I think knowing your current, like, team's, like, range, being able to take a hit on turn two so like if you're building the team and you're like all this equipment's great turn one i'm gonna move up turn two i'm gonna equip like you're already wrong like yeah I, that's fine for casual because no one plays you know like no one plays a bunch of id cards and uh, alpha strike stuff in casual but if you aren't equipped on turn one and co like competitive stuff you're probably not equipped at all 
because uh, with the TK rules, being able to like make a TK attack without a target, that means I can call in like a Jean Grey and destroy your indestructible object turn one. Uh, it does not have first round immunity. I can I can just like call in Cyclops and blast Exospecs from like eleven squares away because Perplex is super cheap in the game. Um, different stuff like that. So definitely be prepared to lose if you're starting out and definitely know your team. I think a, a worse team, like a less well-built team that's been practiced more and like you've got your formations down, you've got like your movements down, you've got your first turn down. A team that like has been practiced more will still beat out somebody that's playing a better team and has no idea what they're doing with it. Right. So definitely, definitely practice. Um, so getting into, let's go into what require, what requirements you have going into like the competitive scene. Uh, and for, now, when I say uh, just clarity's sake, really quick, I'm just going to say we're going to talk about 300 modern, uh, not popper or anything else. Just, this is just specifically 300 modern competitive. Sorry. <laughs> I should have made that a little right. more clear in the beginning. And, uh, Going forward, WizKids may make a change to that, but uh, it's been like the case for HeroClix competitive for as long as I can remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at least for, as far as what WizKids does, their worlds and nationals outside of sealed, it's almost always going to be 300 modern competitive. Um, so things that you need to get, keep an eye on. Let's say your local, like if you're like me, your local venues, you don't play a lot of ID cards. You hardly play retaliators. Um, you probably just kind of throw your figures towards like the middle, without like counting out your opponent's reach. These are things that you're gonna have to like watch out for. Um, you're gonna want to get your hands on all that stuff if you can. Uh, so, I think a I think a solid requirement in today's meta and 300 modern is the ID card. Um, and not just any ID cards, you're going to need access to some of the more volatile ones you want, like your Cyclops, your Jean Grey, your Iceman, your ones that have like range potential. Um, Wolverine's still not a bad option, um, and they're going to be, some of them are going to be rotating out, so it'll be dropping down to what I consider like the cheaper options coming soon, so that is a good thing. Um and to go along with these being a requirement, uh, you can ask around your locals, but there's also uh, the HeroClix Mooching House on Facebook. So if you're going to like a big event and you think other people are going there, if you go to the HeroClix Mooching House uh, or Mooching, I don't know, page on Facebook, you can ask people if they have these things to borrow. Uh, that way you're not shelling out, you know, like 200 bucks for figures and ID cards for one event. Because that's, that gets like really costly right away. Um, another requirement is retaliation. Calder, what do you want to tell us about retaliation? So retaliation is, is huge. All right. Both physically and yet kind of not in the same point. Because <laughs> how, how little uh, space they take up on your team, despite being humongous. There are teams that are very retaliation heavy. Uh, so retaliation is not only big for adding a lot to your theme, if you have like a monster cosmic style theme team, uh, but retaliation 
basically says uh, no you to your opponent for just playing the game. Uh, the, the aim of the game is to take out your opponent's force, and this punishes your opponent for just playing the game. So it's <laughs> it, it kind of sucks, but you absolutely need to have it because it gives you a free attack against your opponent just for hitting you. And you want to have as many attacks against your opponent, obviously, in a turn. So retaliation is big, mostly because of all those reasons I stated. Uh, but also, they're physically big. Sorry, I shouldn't make the same joke twice. Let's, we're, being ser- <laughs> we're being slightly more serious on this And episode. to be fair, like, uh, it's a huge... It's a huge return on your points investment. Yeah. And points is something that, when you're getting into the competitive, you're really going to have to care about. So... Let's say your local venues, you're used to playing like 400, 500, yeah. maybe even like the odd like 300 or you know 600, whatever. And you're used to just kind of throwing teams together like, here's a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I like playing the Trinity. You're going to have to get really tight on your point spending yeah. when it comes to building these teams. Because the difference between a 30-point retaliator and a 20-point retaliator is is 10 points and that 10 points can be two id cards it can be three student id cards it can be an equipment that makes the difference in your match um it's also point denial is also a big part of competitive uh do i want a a 30 point retaliator that a lot of people will be prepared for and be able to take out right away uh i mean if you if you can't take that loss on your team then maybe you don't want that on your team um if you're right. playing like Dark Phoenix on an X-Men theme team and you put him on the right map and she retaliates and she KOs like two figures in her retaliation and now she's healed up two clicks off of her stop click. Uh, great investment for 30 points. Some would say broken investment for 30 points. Um, but yeah. Tons yeah. of retaliators to look through. And There's... retaliators aren't just people that are just going to be whoop, warped over to one side of the map, make an attack, and then just probably die next turn. They are blocking for lines of fire. If you know your opponent can't see through characters or giants, you go ahead and slap those guys in front of you. If you think you can take the 10 or 30 points to kill them to keep the rest of your guys safe, that's fine. A lot of retaliators have... Different uses, Tri-Sentinel, Mangog, all of those guys can do things besides just their retaliation thing and just hit other giant people. Groot gives you pogs and tie-up pieces, you know. Don't just look at them and just keep them in the back the whole time. Look at what else they can do. If it's effective for your action economy and everything, retaliators are more than just one-trick ponies most of the time. Yeah, and if they have... A standard power on their dial, like Outwit, Perplex, Prob, that's free to use. The only restriction that Retaliators usually have, not always, but usually have, is that they can't attack characters smaller than them if they started on that click. So a Colossal can't attack a a Giant or a standard character or a tiny character. Um, There's certain Retaliators that don't have that restriction, and there's certain Retaliators that are standard size, so of course they don't have that. Um, usually you won't play those or you won't see those played as often but there's still uh, a free attack where you can like yank somebody over there and then we've got all these really cheap X-Men call-ins you can pop somebody over somewhere with a retaliation and then power action call in somebody and do even more damage or if they have a colossal you can retaliate and then 
punch their colossal with your colossal or run your colossal back across the map so they don't get destroyed right away uh, tons of options with retaliators but definitely a need to have kind of requirement in the current state of the meta um, for sure and one of the big reasons to have ids is to counteract retaliators if you don't have a character on the board after the attack's been made then there's nothing to retaliate on so that's one of the main reasons you run an ID. You call in a Cyclops, you shoot at Mangog, you miss. Cyclops sidesteps away, and now he's off the map. Even though Mangog was attacked, he can't retaliate. And let's be honest, no one wants to get Mangogged. It's, it's no, that can end your entire game in one turn. Mangog will hit you once, yeah. blah, 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 and hit you again. That your, was a really fun your game. Your whole team taking hands. seven damage, yeah. Um, so... From retaliation, uh, I want to talk about points a little bit. Uh, I mentioned it already, but you want to be—you really want to be careful with how you spend your points. Um, it's not something that you're going to get right away as a new player, and I would tell you to look more into other builds and kind of build off of other builds right away rather than trying to build your own stuff from scratch. I'm one of those people that hates running something that they've seen ran before. So, like, if I've seen people doing, like, Vulture, unless I've got a really unique Vulture build, I'm not going to do my own, um, and I'm not going to do theirs, you know. If, uh, let's say, Blackbird gets really popular, and it's, like, four Wolverines and Blackbird or something silly like that, I'm not going to do that build. I'm going to I'm gonna do something that probably doesn't win, because that's just my mentality. So... <laughs> My suggestion is to not be like me, to uh, just, you know, pick and choose. Like, you see a team that, like, seems interesting. You're like, oh, I like that mechanic. I like the synergy that, like, these two characters have. Take that build. Maybe use that exact build. Maybe use a variation of it. Mm. But when you get down to, like, the last, like, 20, 30, 50 points, even the last, like, four or five points, you really got to, like, realize, like, this game does it does come down to these like tiny minutia little details. So games are won and lost by like five or six points. Some games have been lost by three points before because like, you know, you called in a student ID and you took a chance and it didn't pay off for you. Now that opponent has three points up on you. And if the game ends right then and there, if it runs the time, then that's just it. They win by three and a win's a win in this game. So, uh, so that's a that's another big thing that we should say. Uh, timed games, when they call last action, that means if there was a declared action, you may finish it. If your declared action was like sidestep, then yeah, you get a finish sidestep, but nothing happens afterwards. Yeah. If your last action was I'm gonna running shot targeting this guy, you get a roll your attack. They get to roll their defense. Um. And that's the end of the game. And that's it. Uh, you don't get yeah. You don't get your whole last turn, and it no, really sir. sucks. No, sir. No, sir. Absolutely not. Um, so yeah, to me, the there are two of the scariest things in the world. Playing isn't your opponent or what they have on their team. It is the map that you are on and the clock. Those are the most terrifying things to me in any competitive game, which is why I kind of urge everybody. This is why it's really important to practice your team and know your team. Uh, it'll help you play faster. Um, if you are hum and hawing all on your turn, your opponent is <laughs> is going to get a little miffed, 
And trust me, some people can start yelling at competitive tournaments. It, it happens before, and your goal is to get out of it, not traumatized. I'm not selling it. I'm sorry, guys, but that's kind of the way it is sometimes. I've never had anyone yell at me for taking too long, but that is because I, for the most part, try to play as quick as possible because you need to know all the actions you need to do on your turn and just you know, knowing the ins and outs of your team is huge. And then positioning also... The map is terrifying, especially if you don't win it or if your opponent knows really how to position a well-rounder. And there's not a lot I can say about positioning in an audio form, <laughs> so it's good to watch Depends on uh, too videos. many teams, yeah. Yeah, it depends on way too many teams knowing you have to understand, you know, you don't have to be a guy who takes out your little tape measure or whatever and checks the line of fire for each and every single spot, wherever you may be, and, you know, put it under your opponent's, hey, can I touch your figures really quick, and testing all of their line of fire kind of have a good idea of that, you know, do it once or twice, don't don't go crazy on it, but understand what's safe and what's not, and the terrain, and what they can do, ignore it, you know, pay attention to their sideline, and all of this, it's a lot, but, you know, you just, you have to know. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing, when it comes to, like, running to time, it's, so I won't use this tactic, because, like, I just, I'm in it for the fun. I don't really care if I win. Um, but even in competitive, like the best I do in competitive is when I have a team that I can throw towards the middle and then just like slug fest it out. Uh, I'm not really one for like tactics. Is that the word? I, I've never looked it up before. Um, I'm not great at, you know, strategy or uh, thought process. It's, it's mostly rolling dice for me. Um, you're really making me want to but, take your advice right now. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? This is for beginners. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is it isn't against the rules, and it's not even against what I would say competitive like mindset to take your points and run. If you've spent like two turns taking out like a hundred point figure, let's say they've got, you know, they've got the undertaker and you spent two turns just whittling him down and you get him KO'd. There is no problem with you just taking your entire force and backing it up and trying to like, you know, safe get face. into like a more defensive position. Yeah. Get into like a safer, like, you know, there's no problem with that. Cause now your opponent is down by a hundred points. They've got to come to you. They've got to bring the fight to you. You're not staying out of the fight. You're just taking up a more defensive position, and they need those points back. Otherwise, they lose at the end of the time. Um, like I said, it's not something I will do. Um, I really have a hard time running away from battles. Like I don't know why I will sit there as I'm like slowly losing every turn, like missing every shot and just losing like this battle completely. Uh, I'll start off like ahead and end up like you know losing because. That's just like the weird way I play, but no, there's uh, it's a perfectly acceptable tactic. It is, uh, and don't feel too bad about it either. If there really is absolutely no safe way for you to attack, or you know, if if you just like go out get points and then totally pull back, you know, there, there's a difference between that and being like, I really have no physical way to safely attack this Nimrod. I'll just die if I try to do it. But instead, I can play it safe. Or whatever, any scenario, you can really insert anything. Nimrod was just the first thing that came to mind. Because it would literally kill you to attack the guy, and you would lose the game because of that. So, if you have a better way around a situation, there's 
there's no faulting you for that. You know, it's a tactical retreat is a very real thing that a lot of people have to do a lot of the time. Yeah. And we can't get into all the tactics that you would use in like a typical, more competitive environment. It will be more like your casual events than like if you're prepared for it, it'll be more like a casual game yeah. than you'd expect. It's not that different. It's really like if it's only striking if you have no idea what ID ID cards and what retaliators are, then it's going to be really strikingly different to you. It's like a completely different game. But um, so there's steps to get a little bit more competitive. Um, I say like look at like successful builds. Uh, follow some. You can like follow like the Majestics thing. I don't pay for it, but I yeah, hear no. that you can. Uh, <laughs> HC Realms does put like tournament like postings up. Um, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Reddit. You can you can just ask around. Really, it's pretty easy to see like who wins and who doesn't. Uh, a lot of places, a lot of local places, where will post their own tournament um, standings at the end of like their tournament. Uh, aside from that, I think you already hit on maps. Yeah. The reason why maps are really good is there's stuff like hedge maze and a mock time, and like you got to figure out like is your team range heavy? You're gonna want to be on like an open map if it's really good at range. Uh, is it really want to be like close up and doesn't want to get picked off before it gets closed up? You want to play something with a lot of blocking that's probably indoors so they can't shoot over it other than that uh i think the biggest thing is just practice yeah it really is yeah there's no substitute for just putting in the time and places you can do that are roll 20 if you get on the roc discord which I think if you just search ROC Discord, or if you just go on Facebook and message some people, like people know where it is. Um, the ROC Discord probably has the largest community of people willing to play on Roll20. Yeah. And it's just hero clicks on a computer screen, and it takes all the fun out of the game, but it's a great way to practice. Yeah. Uh, no miniatures, no dice, none of that. Uh, they have yeah, uh, the, an input the cool for dice. Things. There is helpful videos on how to run Roll20. Mr. Clixflix and I did a video on it, uh, as well as Happy Little Hero Clicks has a few videos about Roll20 if you want to learn how it works. If you're not good with technology like I am, you know you might want to watch those and give yourself a little refresher. Not really a refresher, but just learn how to do something new entirely. Yeah, and uh, Happy Little Hero Clicks has a ton of Roll20 tournament and gameplay videos. So if you're if you're one of those people that's just really nervous and you don't want to like you know don't want to offend somebody with how new you are to the game, go ahead and watch a couple of those, and you'll get kind of like the like you know the commands that you type like slash roll space two d six right, and it'll roll two d six for you. You can you can watch him do that. You can watch how he like places stuff, how he sets up the game. You can do different stuff like that. Um, if you're somebody that just prefers to like learn on the go, just jump into the ROC server on Discord. Yeah. And there's plenty of people ready to play at almost any time of the day. So. Absolutely. Other than that, um, do you have any other competitive 
just kind of a... uh, one quick thing. I, I still play the game competitively how I play it casually, and that is I want to play characters I care about and figures I like. And I'm not going to play characters I don't care about just because they're good. I will never play Unimind because I don't know who that big stupid snot booger monster thing is. I don't care about him. You can play characters you like and still maintain a competitive aspect as long as you practice it a lot. You know, that's why I like Earth X Cap. He is still a very solid figure. And then I just team him up with a bunch of stuff that I may not like as much. But as long as Captain America gets to shine through, I'm okay with it. You know, things change. Things rotate out. For the most part, you should still be able to play either a character you like or at the very least a team style that you enjoy playing. You know, just because it's competitive doesn't mean it's not fun. It can still be tons of some of the most fun I've had is playing competitively, believe it or not. And that is okay because I can still play all the figures I like. The first time I ever played was a Lex Luthor team, but that's because he was kind of a more competitive figure at the time so look at your options and even if they aren't super great i've seen people do amazing with figures i would have never said uh would be on a regular competitive team so it really shows that you know at the end of the day hard work and practice pays off the most uh more than anything at all yeah for sure and to go along with that um if even if you're not playing like the figures that you love Make sure you like have fun while you're doing it, because there's no reason to spend five hours slogging away just to have like an awful time at the end of the day. Um, if you're not having fun, change the game up a bit. You know, say like this round, like I know like this team isn't doing as well as I thought this round. I just want to kill like one guy. I just want to kill one opposing character, and make that your new goal. And you know. Make your own goal for yourself. It doesn't matter what your tournament standing is. Just uh, make sure that it's not like soul-crushing at the end of the day because competitive stuff, believe it or not, can it can really get to you. Like, it can just like, drain, like crank your anxiety up to 11 and oh, yeah. it can really drain oh, you out throughout the day. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's tournament. no reason to... Uh, drink water, please drink water. Oh, yeah. Go to the bathroom in between games, drink water, bring bananas, uh, granola bars, protein bars, something to eat. Please take care of yourself. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, also, wear deodorant. Please, please oh. wear deodorant. And one, yeah, one big thing, read your opponent's cards, uh, fronts and backs. Because you, you can, can do that now. You can do that now. Um, and there's no reason not to. Even if your local game venue doesn't do it, absolutely. I mean, I would always read the front of a card if you're not familiar with what the character does. No reason to let them slip something by you if yeah. they don't need to. And uh, taking a peek at the back of the card and just making a mental note of like, all right, he gets really bad on like click four. I might not be able to KO him in one attack, but if I can hit him to click four, you know, I'm going to be okay. Like, that's a completely reasonable thing to do now so even if your local guys don't play that way feel free to at any competitive event absolutely and that i would say is a pretty good place to end uh the final episode of new clicks on the block thank you guys so much for taking the journey with us uh if you're new to hero clicks i truly hope that you have a long hero clicks community and uh career ahead of you and that you really, no matter what you do and decide to do, have a fun time playing the game. Because after all, that is what it's all about. For sure.
And now let's with... get into what it's really about. Yeah, the news! The only thing that really matters in this life is getting new Heroclix information. And once the set totally comes out, we look at it, we crumple it up in a ball, and we say, now I want more sets. How long until the next one? So we're going to go ahead and start off with a new solicit of Marvel Heroclix Fantastic Four Booster Brick. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Boy, oh boy, the F4 are making their return. It's going to be released in July. The wait is over. The Fantastic Four return to Heroclix for an unforgettable, unforgettable, ladies and gentlemen, Five-figure booster release, The Thing, The Human Torch, The Invisible Woman, and Mr. Fantastic team up with some of their well-known allies to take on some of their greatest foes, including Doctor Doom, The Frightful Four, and The Shape-Shifting Scrolls. Wait, I thought those were Captain Marvel's enemies. Ah, oh, whatever. Fantastic Four has all-time <laughs> favorites and iconic characters from the Marvel Universe, like characters we totally haven't seen in a very long time, like Spider-Man, Black Panther, Hulk, Wolver, uh, oh, but Silver Surfer, yeah, and more. That's one of them. <laughs> That's one of them. <laughs> uh, the wide selection of characters and keywords build up, uh, build with, will provide something for every Heroclix player and collector. Discover the thrilling gameplay, including forming the new Fantastic Four by replacing certain characters at the beginning of the game. Powers that activate when you roll a four on your dice, and two, that's right, two new title characters. I blew out your headphones, you're welcome. Each booster contains five pre-painted characters to expand your collection. 70 figures to collect. Thus, booster set contains 16 commons plus one prime. 16 uncommons plus one prime. 16 rares plus one prime. 12 super rares plus one prime. And six, that's right, count them. One, two, three, four, five, six chases. Ladies and gentlemen, Simeon, are you excited? Are you excited? Order Sounds April, okay. April, April 21st in 2020. Expected, Expected release, release date, July, July 20th, 2020. Not July 20th, but just July 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too many 20s. Too many sounds 20s. Like, sounds like you're calling it early best set of the year. Abs- uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, kinda, uh, you, almost, no. you almost had me. You almost had me. So uh, the most exciting thing that I've taken away from this solicit is the starter set, which comes with Black Panther, Ghost Rider, a Ghost Rider that is easily accessible. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Black Panther, Ghost Rider, Hulk, She-Thing, which is a uh, female thing, uh, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. So this is the first time, not only that Fantastic Four is back, this is also the first time that we've had X-Men and Avengers in the same set in a long time. It's been a long time since they've crossed those two properties into one set. So I'm excited. Uh, I think that they'll do some cool stuff. Uh, one, you'll get limited edition Mole Man Ooh. if you play in the release day OP. So that's cool. Um, we'll get some new maps. No idea what they'll do. I have no idea what the storyline's going to be. Uh, it's cool that they're bringing out Mole Man. i mostly excited for Doom. I guess Diablo would be cool with his silly potions and stuff. That's fine. Uh, Silver Surfer is always a welcome collection. If we could get a new Annihilators set, like, theme, I'd be super happy with that. A new, like, 
a Ronin that's not overcosted would be really cool. Um, yeah, like one that's not 300 points for five clicks, Ooh. you know. Uh, no, just tons of options. And I think that's all. Right. I know I sounded really excited, t- uh, but I will probably not even get a case of this set. I um, <laughs> I don't I, I can't stress this enough. I don't care about the Fantastic Four at all. The first uh, family, mean, Calder. I, the I first. do not care. Uh, the thing is the first family. Cool. Like, I like the thing, clobbering time, and he fights the Hulk. Like, that's awesome. I like the thing. He's cool. Uh, but the rest of them, don't care. Some nerd, don't care. Some lady, don't care. Some hothead, don't care. Uh, Doctor Doom's kind of cool, but also I only like him because of Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So, yeah. Uh, I actually really... prefer the maker over Reed Richards. Do you know what that means, no, Calder? No, I have no idea what that means at all. The maker is <laughs> the, maker is the ultimate universe, Mr. Oh, Fantastic. Nice. So the same and guy, he the guy that like, made the zombie plague. What a, yeah, yeah, please. he becomes like evil, but he's like well, he so smart yeah. and so evil that he does it really good. He's like maybe he actually did appear at six one six. I'd be universe, okay. oh, so. during the secret wars thing or whatever, right? Yeah, they he joined like the cabal at one point. I'd be okay yeah. with getting <laughs> ultimates. I would like the ultimates. That'd be awesome. But uh, for everything surrounding uh, Fantastic Four, don't care about. I also hate the fact that it's Cosmic Clash. We don't need any more Cosmic Keyworded figures. I'm tired of playing against the Cosmic Keyworded. About to get a ton! Ugh, so many more. And so many, there's going to be like a little 20 Galactus retaliation. Just stupid. 50 point retaliation. If Galactus not has retaliation, I'm jumping off a bridge. <laughs> to the end of my world. Alright, let's go to the more boring previews that we got. How dare you! Scott, hello everybody in Hero Clicks land. It's Scott Porter. How good is that? How good is that impression? What a guy! I wish my arms were that pretty good. solid. He's pretty jacked. He's he's a what a looker too, man. He's, I think he's gonna wrestle Xavier he's Woods. Handsome. He could wrestle. He's like Xavier Woods. trying to encroach on my Hero Clicks podcasting right. or uh, I guess YouTube video content. making. I don't know Scott Porter. I've never seen Scott Porter play a game of Hero Clicks except on the um. Whatever. I, he plugs it every time. The RPG. Yeah. The RPG Studios. Whatever show he does. That YouTube. Um, that YouTube he's like, my one. show is more successful than yours. How dare you not remember the name? <laughs> uh, but anyways, he <laughs> opened the Fast Forces and two boosters on day one. He also showed us the Dyson Tokens, which we already knew about. And then he opened two more boosters on day two. This is uh, the seventh, so we haven't seen the other three days. Uh, we are the fastest screenshots in the West, though, because we do normally get that up before everybody else. Just saying, Big iron I on stopped eating. I stopped eating breakfast once I got the alert that those videos were up. I'm gonna I go ahead. I my work truck <laughs> onto like oncoming traffic and put it in park. Oh geez. Just so I could watch through 30 minutes and screenshot them for you guys. So I hope everyone was happy with those. If I know, if I knew you were doing that, I would have stopped the track. That ticket that was stopped very high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna oh, talk about. We also about... got clicked off stuff too. So. Oh, that's true. Also... The, our friends over at Clickstaff mm, got some previews as well. Friends, uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. I like him. I think They're Daniel Powell likes me. I think so. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't, I don't think I, I like you. No one does. 
That's the, that's the ticket. Uh, so uh, in the starter set, we got the only Steve Rogers that we've seen so far. Only, I'm going to try to be really optimistic, but I'm also super peeved at the way this set is shaping up and how it's not exactly a deep dive into Captain America lore, like how you could have easily done it, and instead it's a bunch of stuff I don't like. So oh, being optimistic, Captain America, 75 points. Avengers, Invaders, Past, and Soldier. He has one trait. Uh, this is a trait we're going to see a couple of times popping up in the set, and I love this trait. The living legend, the first time each game Captain America would be KO'd, instead turn him to his last non-KO click, then roll a d6 and heal him equal to half the result. Protective Pulse Wave. So on a six-click dial, you get to heal him potentially uh, back up to click four if you heal uh, one, two, three clicks, which is really cool. Uh, either way, you're going to heal at least once, which means you're going to have to double tap him when you finally take him out. He has a special attack power for his first three clicks, which pairs with his running shot, toughness, and three clicks of leadership. His toughness is his whole dial. He has five range and indomitable in the Avengers team ability. His special attack power reads, follow up. When Captain America hits with a range attack, after resolutions, you may place Captain America adjacent to the hit character and then make a close attack. This is super fitting for cap especially kind of how he was in winter soldier he would always like throw the shield you'd see someone get hit he'd catch it boom then he'd you know hit him with the right hook or something i just like this to me is captain america the follow-up and the follow-through is like so perfect to how he plays and the fact that this is the first time we're seeing that is kind of a shame but i'm really glad we're finally getting it this this just feels like captain america to me i love the follow-up ability I think it's awesome. This is a very well-rounded Captain America. On click four, like I said, that's the highest you can heal up to if you're level five or six. He has charge with close combat expert. So in the last half of his dial, when he loses leadership, he gets close combat expert the rest of his clicks. And then on his last two clicks, he has sidestep. He's a very solid Captain America. He's kind of an average Captain America, but that special attack makes him stand out to me, being able to make two attacks in one turn. You place him adjacent to the hit target. It doesn't say you have to hit the same target either, so if you want to punch someone who's next to them, that's also fine. Take out their support. So yeah, absolutely. I, I love this Captain America, and it's shaping up to be... And I love the whole Fast Forces, really, but this cap really stands out to me. Simeon, go ahead and talk about your figure. So, also from the Fast Forces, Ooh. number 001, also a living legend, Isaiah Ooh. Bradley. He's got past soldier, real name, Isaiah Bradley. <gasps> what? 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 Uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, so he's also got first time of the game, he would be KO'd. Instead, you turn him to his last non-KO click, roll a d6, heal him equal to half the result, protected pulse wave. His other trait is Colossal Stamina. He doesn't have any other special powers or abilities. Um, he starts off with charge on click one, 17 defense with toughness. On clicks two and three, he goes to flurry with a nine speed down to an eight speed and a 17 combat reflexes down to a 16 combat reflexes. And then on click four, he's got a 16 combat reflexes with no speed power, no attack power, but combat close combat expert with two damage so he could be an 11 for two uh 10 for three um but the big thing is he costs 25 points yeah. and he has indom so that means for 25 points you can make i mean assuming just assuming that your opponent never decides to attack him because they're silly and you know they're just like I, I'm, I'm i've got other things to deal with he can attack with a 10 for 3 turn 1. And then turn 2, he attacks with a 10 for 3 again. Because he's got, you know, 
He's got Endom, so he can do it twice in a row. Turn you know, three. Because Bruce Banner, why not? Yeah, turn three, Bruce Banner, he colossal gosh. pushes Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. <laughs> How many times do I have to say the word Isaiah Bradley before I... <laughs> so turn three, uh, he now gets to flurry with a 10 for three, because he's got colossal stamina. Then, uh, actually, no, I think he takes the push after. So he attacks with a 10 for three. It'd be turn four when he flurries 10 for three. And then turn five, he flurries 10 for two. And then turn turn six, he close combats experts, whatever he feels like. And then he heals back up because he would be KO'd. So you get a roll and just do it all over again. There's just a ton of this guy. a ton of potential damage for 25 points, even a solid tie up for 25 points. He doesn't have an attack power. You can remedy that if you want to equip him with something. If you just want a really cheap filler for like a soldier theme team or a past theme team, um, I could honestly see like buying multiple starters just for multiples of this guy because for 25 points he just, you know, He's four. He's only four clicks deep, but he's got that, you know, that automatic heal back up kind of thing, and he can potentially heal back up to click one. So, depending on what you roll, your opponent might not even get anywhere when the, they first attack him. Right on. I love that Isaiah Bradley. I think he's great. I think having a short dial makes him the most perfect for the living legend trait as well. Overall, fast forces. Buy it. It's cool. Uh, next up, I'm going to talk about a day two figure. Excuse me. That is a lie. I'm going to talk about the clicks off. <laughs> I'm everywhere, everywhere tonight. Goodness gracious. It's I'm the, it's the, the day uh, two. Yeah. But they decided the to start releasing Scott Porter videos midweek. So yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm a little confused. Anyways, we're talking about the Chase Thor. Uh, this Thor is an insane beast, and if you pull him in sealed, so help your opponents, Thunder God. My goodness gracious. He has... We're talking about his 125 point line, because why would you play him anything else? He has nine clicks of life. His stats at the start look like a 10 with running shot, 12 with pen blast, 18 defense with invincible, 5 damage with probability control. He has indom flight, 7 range, 1 bolt, no team ability. And he has two traits, like a, like a real cool guy. Bring the lightning. Like I said, this Thor is a chase, so he's going to have a FX marker. Uh, so Thor has protected energy explosion, period. Thor starts the game with the lightning marker attached, so under his base. When Thor hits with an attack, not using energy explosion, uh, so it has to be a single target attack, uh, you may place the lightning marker in the square of a hit character. If you do, after resolutions, make a range attack using energy explosion at no cost, targeting that character, regardless of range or line of fire. So if somehow you hit someone and then they're no longer in your range or line of fire, however that would be, he can go whether they roll on to stealth or something, something like that. There there are ways, but it does seem odd. Uh, he gets goes ahead and he can make a... Energy Explosion Attack, which is at the very least a 2 damage attack against them, or hitting people around them. Uh, that uh, No cost targeting that character. Blah, 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 blah. At the beginning of your turn, attach the Lightning Marker to Thor. So even though he gives it, boom, he hits him with the Lightning, brings the Lightning, he gets it back on his turn. So why would I not always just do that? Who cares if I have the Lightning Marker on me? Here's why you care. His second trait, Crackling with Electricity. When Thor has the Lightning Marker attached, he can use Energy Shield, Deflection, and Poison. 
when Thor has lightning, then it reiterates it for some reason again. Um, it does like double slash and it says, when Thor has lightning marker attached, he has mystics, but only for close attacks, which I think is really weird. I don't know why they didn't make that part of the full other thing sentence for whatever reason, but that's just the way it is. So he's got ESD poison traded as long as the thing is on him. And he also has mystics for close attacks. This Thor is absolutely bonkers because he also has a stop click on his very <laughs> last click, which is just stop toughness. But for nine clicks of life, starting with Invincible... The fates have smiled upon me once the more. The fates have smiled upon me once more. What a guy. Oh, you want me to bring the hammer down. So what's the rest of the dial look like? After his crazy running shot pen blast, he only has pen blast on his very top dial first click. He rolls onto some impervious, some energy explosion, some sidestep. Uh, he never goes below a 10 attack. He has 10 attack for the last three clicks, where he gets charge and quake on his last four. Uh, and he goes between some sidestep, some running shot, a lot of energy explosion, stuff like that. He goes to impervious, then invincible again, then impervious, and then invulnerability, and finally a stop click. Uh, he's just a beast. Uh, for 125 points, there's probably no better uh, figure right now. I shouldn't really say that, but in this set, he's going to be insane to play against. Uh, he's going to be one-shotting small guys, you know, and even big guys. They they run out of their defense powers. So you can boop, boop, hit him again if you want. And just defensively, he's absolutely insane because, you know, I don't really want to shoot someone with a 20 defense, but I also don't want to punch him when he has an 18 because I can't reduce the Mystic's damage. So it's a really, really hard Thor to play against, and he's an insane figure to make a chase. Uh, but he's crazy yeah. good. And he's got... Prob either way. No, I uh, I don't think that there's any reason you wouldn't play this guy. The Namor, he was like, maybe he doesn't fit on your team. Maybe you don't want like this 75-point close attacker with a 13 attack. This Thor, there's no reason you wouldn't build a sealed team around him. Honestly, like, there's no reason if you pull this, there's no reason you wouldn't build like some casual uh, teams around him. Like, he's just like super solid um throw him in with like thor odinson from the thor set and so you can yank him over whatever that guy's like distance is and just do like weird asgardian shenanigans i think he's a ton of fun uh and yeah 20 on his first two clicks with range or they're taking mystics is pretty cool all right simian go ahead and jump in the last figure here so, sticking with the big, cool guys, what's what's the only guy that can take Thor down? I don't know. Maybe, like, I think Depression took him down pretty good in Endgame. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <good. laughs> uh, but was, maybe for more of a Ragnarok That was view, Thanos. I'd say, oh, yeah, that was Thanos. Uh, Post-Depression Thanos. Uh, but I think the big green giant himself. Post-Thanos depression syndrome. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah, so on day two, we got the super rare Hulk, which uh, they call the Immortal Hulk. And he's number 058. He is unique. He ignores hindering and elevated for movement. So he's got two traits, one special attack, or one special damage power, one special defense power his first trait is man by day immortal monster by night 
little Solomon Grundy kind of action. A mortal Hulk can't be chosen for Mastermind. Why would I do that anyhow? Well, it's because when a mortal Hulk would be KO'd for the first two times in a game, instead you turn him to click number one. You don't roll, you don't heal, you just turn him to click one. And your opponent scores 25 points when this happens. So it's not like you're you're scot-free, but he's not KO'd. So any effect that would happen when he would be KO'd, this that wouldn't happen here. Uh, he keeps any equipment that you ke- equip to him. Uh, Mistress Death doesn't remove an action token or whatever. Other You don't make a warrior soul with uh, Pluto. None of that stuff, because he's not KO'd. When a mortal Hulk would be KO'd for the third and final time in the Ooh. game, he scores 50 points instead of 100 your opponent does. So they KO him once, there's 25 points for you. They KO him twice, there's 25 points for you. They KO, KO him the third time, they finally get the 50 extra points that builds to the 100. This is protected pulse wave. So we've seen this kind of trait with the uh, turtle boss like level guys. Uh, the Rocksteady, the Krang, the Shredder. Um, and the latest unplugged turtles kind of thing, but it's cool seeing it in Marvel. His second trait, powered by sadistic vengeance. When a friendly mm. character within line of fire is damaged by an opposing attack, put a vengeance token on this card. Free, remove two vengeance tokens to use charge at no cost. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know why I wouldn't want to charge at no cost. Especially since he starts off, well, he doesn't start off. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> he does not cash- start off with much, Simeon. Yeah, hopefully you're cashing this in when he's like on click. Uh, I don't know five, so you can charge Jeez. flurry. Yeah, but uh, as long as you're not cashing it in on click one, you're you're good to go. Uh, he's also got a damage power that is outwit. Immortal Hulk has protected Outwit. I now realize I've always been smarter than Bruce. That's me. I'm Bruce. Uh, His special (laughs) defense power, I'll rise again to crush your bones. Stop. Invincible. So, let's look at his dial. For 100 points, you only get 5 clicks, right? That's so so silly. Click 1, he's got Earthbound Neutralize, 6 speed, 8 attack, 15 defense, Indom, which you don't get to use the willpower because Earthbound, yeah. and Outwit. So he's not doing a whole lot, click one. But, click two, he gets uh, a little angry. So he's uh, 11 speed with charge, 12 attack, super strength, 18 defense with that stop click, so they're not definitely hitting you through the dial, unless they've got, you know, something silly that does that. But most likely you're hitting your 18 stop invincible. Four damage with Battle Fury, so you're getting through. Uh, you're getting through shape change. You're ignoring their mind control and their incapacitate, so that's cool. With super strength, you can do six damage on this click. And if you've seen two oppo- or two friendly characters get damaged by an opposing character's attack, and you have two vengeance tokens, you can charge and do that damage for free. That's pretty fun. Then after click two. Clicks 3, 4, and 5, he's got Invincible. Or no, that's Impervious. He's got Impervious. Still has super strength with 11 attacks, and click 5 is a 12 attack. 
but he goes to a special damage power, which is that outwit and protected outwit. So pretty much from clicks two through five, he's just protected outwit. Um, at least his defense, because on click two, his defense is a stop click, so that's protected. But then on clicks three through five, his entire dial is uh, protected on those three. So he goes on four and five. He gets flurry with a nine and an eight. You're really hoping that you racked up some vengeance tokens by now because being able to charge flurry is really cool. Still at four damage for the rest of his dial. And if you get KO'd, so your opponent hits you to your invincible, they hit you off your invincible, the most you can take with a unoutwitted invincible, which it won't be outwitted in 95% of the circumstances because stop clicks are protected outwit, he's going to hit click 5. So it's going to take your opponent 1, 2, 3, then you heal back up to 1. And then you have to repeat that process two more times. So it's going to take minimum nine attacks to KO this guy. Uh, Granted, they are getting points. But... Uh, <laughs> so much work. Uh, I think this guy, he might be the worst thing to come up against in Sealed. Geez. Unless you've got like a really great range and you're like, you outwit charge on click two and then you stack like two attacks against him and you KO him and he's back on click one and he's like, Oh, I don't have a way to activate Hulk. And so then like you can you can kinda like bide your time while he's on like the banner click on click one. I don't know. But this guy's just all around. Uh oh, he's got Avengers Brute and Monster. As keywords. And he oh, really is a good monster. Yeah, he's a Hopefully we get a Solomon Grundy that's this good. He is gross. And that is going to do it for the news this week. Uh, Next week, obviously, we're going to go back to the normal podcast schedule, recording on Sundays and whatnot. It was just really weird getting back into the swing of the decade. And we're going to go ahead and jump right into community. There are dozens of us. Dozens! Every week on Twitter and Facebook, or today, uh, we put up a Community Tuesdays question, for the most part. Uh, and this week's was, what are you hoping for in the Captain America and the Avengers set? Unclicks figures, new mechanics, updated figures, blah, 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 all sorts of stuff. I'll go ahead and answer first. What I wanted in the Captain America set was a big deep dive. I wanted uh, all the unclicked figures that are members of the Captain America Corps. And I still am kind of holding out for those. There's still there's still a slim chance, and I really hope that that is either a keyword or some way to make it a name theme team or some really cool shared trait. I think that would be awesome. And I really want a Nomad. We don't have a Steve Rogers as Nomad, which is really weird because he had it before Jack Monroe had it, and we have a Jack Monroe as Nomad. We also don't have a normal The Captain. Um, he spent a lot of time as the captain, okay. not holding the captain. He spent a lot of time as the captain without holding Mjolnir, and the only versions of him we have are both with Mjolnir. Um, I think they forget about the other 99% of the time he was the captain and didn't. I mean, that's one of the most popular things that happened because it was the first time he picked it up, which is cool. But I also want a normal comic book Captain America version of the captain that I can play without being Mjolnir because uh, he didn't always have that thang on him. So, Simeon, what about you? Heck yeah, I want some, like, uh, Secret Empire. It's a super good storyline. Um, stuff happened, I don't, I didn't read it, so, you know, 
I assume it was really good, though. No, it was uh, bad. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> no, uh... The only things that I kind of hope for out of the set, which I, I don't know how hopeful I should be, but I hope for, like, some stuff that we've seen in other sets, which would be, like, X-Men, we saw the Danger Room constructs, and they had flavor text that was from the X-Men arcades. Um, Captain America's kind of been a big player in the Marvel vs. Capcom arcade games. Uh, I think there was also, like, an arcade, uh, Avengers arcade, like, Captain box. Captain America and the Avengers! Yeah, yeah. So... It'd be really cool to see some, like, arcade-style, uh, like, flavor text or just powers on a couple of the figures. Um, something that, like, shows that, like, WizKids is interested in video games at least a little bit. Because I think they've got a, a lot of stuff out there that they could uh, use from. And it's mostly fan service, but it's hilarious to read. Yeah. Like, the old, <laughs> weird, the old weird uh, way that, you know arcade boxes talked to you and they're broken english oh absolutely the first answer up on the twitters is going to go to vigilante bonsai tree and sampling saying i know my man bobby da costa never wore the uniform but he did go by citizen b while leading the u.s avengers surely that should earn him a spot in this set along with the three other citizen b's <laughs> coming out of the woodwork vigilante yeah. Peter Marshfield said, new updated versions of more Thunderbolts and Masters of Evil and some other versions of Baron Zemo. I know Helmut Zemo is famous one, but a remake of the old one from the original cap set standing on the castle parapet would be cool with the cape and everything seen attached to the image for reference. Now, I'd, I don't know if he's talking about the one I'm thinking of, but the Zemo I'm thinking of is... It looks like he's standing on, like, a gravestone. It's like the cross. Oh, that that's is what uh, I... the Chaos War one, not the oh, so Captain America set one. Okay. I don't know what that one looks like, then. But, yeah. Uh, he's, like, like uh, a castle tower sort of thing. Like, he's exactly like actually, how a bishop would look. Oh, he actually linked the picture. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> not Good the one job. I was thinking. Good job, Pan. Yeah. Attention. Way to click on things. Uh... No, I, I've never been disappointed in a Zemo that I've played. Um, I think, was the last one Superior Foes of Spider-Man? Where he gives, like, every... Yes, yes it was. He gives every Masters of Evil or Thunderbolts sidestep and plus one attack, which is pretty ridiculous. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I love villains, so I'm good Ooh, with that. You would like villains. Cody, uh, sorry, excuse me, Ronnie on Twitter says, I think it's a long shot, but Invader's Human Torch. Uh, I am really excited for the Jolt and the Thunderbolts. Yeah, uh, Invader's Human Torch, uh, Fantastic Four is bringing them back, so hopefully. hopefully that brings the Android version along with it. Tristan Campo says, it would be interesting if they put a couple surprise Fantastic Four characters in the set, or just a couple keywords for characters. Also, it would be nice to get a new Mr. Fix-It or Ghost Rider. Oh, wait. What's he say here? P.S. I hate Captain America. I hope Fantastic Four is a better set. That's hmm. weird. Why did he say that? That's so odd. P.S. I hate <laughs> you. Um, you're getting enough Fantastic Four. 
be gone. Be gone from my presence. Uh, I added that last part just. So oh, you know. good. I should target it more towards this guy then. Simeon, I hate you. Be gone. <laughs> be gone from my presence. Uh, on the Twitters, we have Citizen Chris Kurtz says, I was hoping for less Shield Agent type figures. So far, not impressed. Oof, I felt that. Go for <clears> it on Facebook. Man riding a dinosaur, Blake Craig says, Ooh. Always unclicked, but we could stand to use some more solid updates, especially for Masters of Evil. We got some good stuff and Black Panther Avengers something i don't remember that set uh but <laughs> more would be welcome okay black uh, panther was it black panther no wait idea. why can't i think of the avengers name of it black now? panther and the illuminati avenger ah that's why it's because he yeah. rearranged the letters on me yeah how dare you blake craig how dare you you're a menace blake craig uh vigilante jedi legend of blake craig says no new mechanics uh updated versions uh we literally just got cap tony webby and snore unclicks figs all the way baby except did we though i mean yes i hate spider-man and iron man as much as the next guy but we only have four versions of captain america last year that's that's hardly what i call uh too many mm. go for it Simeon. are you including uh wait that wasn't last year never mind yep jason car says stupid he says machine smith left winger right winger and super patriot would be cool additions i don't know who any of these people are except machine smith uh they were really cool uh captain america enemies machine smith's great um did you say super patriot yeah that is uh john walker before he was u.s agent oh okay yeah that'd be awesome i would love that Matthew Ventura says, Spidey Guy is my favorite, and I'll finally have definitive figure to represent him. So I'm pretty happy already. He's just in it for the Spider-Man. Who can blame mm. him? Brian Poling is disqualified because he says he a surprise DC set. Hmm. Gross. Who cares about DC? Moving on. <laughs> Sexy Ranch Man 2.0. Chance McCall says, honestly, I'll be happy with good fan service and a genuine effort to put uh, making Cap the center of it all. Mm, but are they, though? Sadly, mm, it's looking like not. But I like the enthusiasm. Scott Johnson says, to troll someone undisclosed person, a playable version of Captain America. But seriously, I would love to see a new Bob, Agent of Blank. Ooh. He really gets around these days. He'll do anything for that free dental. Well, you know. Joe Dunn says, really looking forward to the Thunderbolts sub-theme. Maddie G says, new mechanics and sculpts not from the same sculpts of Nick Fury, Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yikes. Michael At least we're Royce. getting new mechanics. I mean... That is true. We're getting some pretty same, cool mechanics. But the they're different on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of hate, uh, you know, five-year-old sculpts, too. Uh, and alternate universe exiles Peggy Carter, Captain America. I don't know if the Peggy we saw is exiles or not, but we are getting one for sure. And honestly, with a sculpt like that, I feel like she might be the Ultra Chase, but I could be wrong. I hope so. I... I'm sorry, I don't ever want to see Peggy Carter as an ultra anything. <laughs> I just, there's no way I'm ever chasing her. Uh, I would chase her. I mean, have you, I mean, come on, it's Peggy. Carter. David G. Gaffney says <laughs> she's like 50 years older than me. David G. Gaffney yes. says I would love to see a nomad. 
I would love to see a Nomad as well. Uh, Dodgers looks like, 88. Looks like Dial H for Heroclix loved that comment, so I that must have been that. you. <laughs> that was me. Uh, he says, not reusing sculpts from Nick Fury Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, oh boy, I wish we all got that wish, huh? Well. Well, when you do it right the first time, why do it right a second time? Don Springer says, super adaptoid, sunspot, head of aim. Now that's something I agree with. We got all those USA Avengers, yeah. Let's get uh, let's get the guy that owned them. USA Avengers in the past couple of like since like the Deadpool set, we've getting little sprinkles of USA Avengers. I want to complete that team. We need that sunspot, sunspot like in a suit, you know, when he's just bossing people around. Jay Drop says Squadron Supreme, the entire team in this set. Ooh, it's it's not looking good for the Squadron Supreme to come out of left field, sadly. Yeah, that's a lot of prime slots to field for him. Jeff Bozeman says Doctor Doom. I'm guessing that's like a Howard the Doom. I don't know. Doctor Doom. Duck-tor-doom. Maybe the Fantastic Four set. I don't know so much about this set, but maybe. Hey, any version of Howard is a figure I want to buy. And last one on Twitter is Jean Lucifer. Uh, says Ultron Hank merged. I'm certain we'll get a Cosmic Ghost Rider in the FF set. I really like. If you didn't read um, Secret Empire, then you don't know who Ultron Hank is. I guess he was in a few other books. But there's this really cool um, version of Hank. He morphs with Ultron. So it's literally a split down the middle. One side Ultron, one side Hank Pym. Don't ask me how it works. Science, Pym particles, I ain't got to explain nothing, okay? But he has this, in this one uh, panel, he's making, like, dinner for the Avengers. This this is literally what happened in Secret Empire, and it's such a headache. Um, and he's wearing, like, uh, an apron that says Kiss the Cook on it. And if it's not oh, that version of Ultron oh. Hank, I don't want it. I, I so badly want that stupid version. I mean, I'm not going to say that's... I'm not going to say that's, like, weird and I don't want to read it, but I did read the Avengers where Ultron took over Tony's nanobots and transformed him into uh, Janet. Like, he transformed Tony's body using using the nanobots. He oh, wrote, yeah! He, wrote, that was he constructed his creepy. body into naked Janet oh, yeah. and was, like, Ultron. And everyone was like, oh my god, you killed Tony. And he was like, no, I turned him into, like, me. And they were like, yes, that's called murdering somebody and taking over their body. And it was a very strange comic. We actually did get a clicks figure of that, so that's, that's right. out there. Unsettling, to say the <laughs> last, least. Last but not least on Facebook, Jeff Polier says, a new Diamondback. One of that is uh, that is still best girl. I don't like really Sharon Carter that much or anybody in normal Marvel comics, but Captain America and Diamondback was just the best relationship ever. That is my favorite. That's my favorite time in Cap comics, the 80s, uh, Hotline Cap, all that stuff when he's fighting the Servant Society every other week. It was awesome. I loved Cap and Diamondback. It was really a Batman and Catwoman style relationship, except. Diamondback is an actually interesting character, uh, and she's awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if I like read that, I'd have like some insight into what's wrong with you. Cool. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Community Tuesdays, ladies and gentlemen. Moving, moving on <laughs> uh, to Jedi Legends Hero Clicks Tip of the Week. You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. 
Tip of the week, let's say your big fig has one foot in the clear and one in hindering a 2 by 2 colossal. That's the scenario. Let me break it down for you. A colossal or giant will benefit from the plus one hindering train modifier when in hindering if you're aiming for that square, but not the squares they're not in. So if you aim for a clear square, you're good. No bonus. But if the line of fire absolutely can only cross through that hindering bonus, they get the bonus. So make sure you shoot the right ankle, okay? The more you know, mm. ladies and gents. For sure. And remember, Colossals can see through themselves, but you can't see through them. So mm. if you want to target the back two squares, that's no bueno. If they yeah. want to target you, for some reason, through their back two squares, that's uh, yes bueno. If they want, yeah. See. That's see. <laughs> that's, yep. Wow, I wonder how many listeners we can offend in one episode. I am episode. cultured. Mm, cultured. Moving on, we're just pounding through these. I love it. We're killing it, guys. Uh, to a Malcolm Rush decade question block. Japan? Japan? No, 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 no. I can't go to Japan. Love it. Yes, you can, Woody. We're gonna go to Japan right now. All right, man. This is the decade. Wish I could have been in Japan in the 1920s. That would have been. No, no. I don't know what it would. No, you don't. Was it bad? I, I don't know. I just I don't feel like it was great. Um, oh, okay. I might have offended more people. Who knows? Uh, lack of knowledge <laughs> is terrible. Uh, anyways, answer these uh, from 2010 to 2019. But Malcolm, that's not a decade. That is only nine years. And then we could go into a whole thing, but we're not going to because it's super old and everybody hates it. All right. Best, worst, and favorite hero clicks of the decade. I will go first. Now, this is all personal opinion. Uh, I'm going to try to go through these pretty quick because there are 17 questions and there's a lot to each question. So... Best hero click of the decade, Zombie Team Base. Worst hero click of the decade, KC Superman. Favorite hero click of the decade, uh, Zombie Red Skull. Simeon. I went best Galactic Guardians Galactus. It's the one that I've gotten the most mileage out of. I love what he does. I think he's silly. I think he's fun. I think he's the best. Worst, I put Faust. I don't think I need to say why. He's one of the few figures, I think the only figure, that's been retired early because he's that bad. Uh, favorite, Mr. Mixable, the, uh, right the Superman Wonder Woman one. I like Ooh. dice shenanigans. You're a shenanigan. Yes. <laughs> Next up is best person <laughs> favorite Heroclix sculptures of the decade. Uh, in my opinion, the best for me uh, was Captain Iron America. The worst was Zombie Galactus, little itty-bitty Galactus. And then my personal favorite is... Sure. Bong, Dr. Bong. I just love it. Like, more so than any other character that has the words and the effect. He has both the effect of the sound reverberation off of his big stupid bell helmet. And he also has the big word, Bong. And he just, for such a stupid, dumb character, he commands such a presence. And I love it. Yeah, for sure. I said best was the serpent. I really like my big figs. Um... If you try and make me pick a figure out of any point in time that isn't a large one, you're going to have a hard time. Uh, I said worst was shifting focus Superman. Uh, I just hate boring Superman sculpts, and it it seems really hard to do a boring Superman sculpt, like the, or to do a good Superman sculpt. They, it seems they always really come easy out easy to do a boring Superman sculpt. Yeah, I don't know how they got Hyperion to always look good. When Hyperion is just the Marvel version of Superman. But then, like, you get a Superman, and he's like, I'm taking off into flight. 
I'm going to have the flight symbol and, like, hypersonic speed. Or, like, I'm standing here like a tree. I'm to really fair. tough, Superman. And you're like, they did, uh, they did make, like, on. two Hyperions in the decade, and they made, like, 90 Superman in the decade. That's true. <laughs> or, like, 30 or 40 or whatever. At a certain point, you just run out of things to think of. Yeah. My favorite Heroclix sculpture of the decade was Necron, the big old mm. scythe-wielding... Uh, melty face looking Jason, or not Jason. He looks more like Freddy Krueger. I don't know. He's the he's the Black Lantern guy, the big one. You know, not the anti-monitor, but the Necron monitor. Uh, I just like everything about his sculpt. I think he looks super scary, and he works for more things than Heroclix, so... Right on. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, best, worst, and favorite resources of the decade. For best, I put lantern batteries, just all of them. I thought they were really cool and really unique, so it feels like they get a mention, and it's kind of cheating for saying all of them, but still, I think they kind of deserve it. Uh, worst, I say Rock of Eternity. It is really lame to play against someone trying to use the Rock of Eternity how it goes, and I, it's not too fun to play against. My personal favorite is the Phoenix Force. I kind of get to turn my brain off and just say, this person has traded this, this person has traded that, this person has traded this. These are their stats now. Their stats are stupid. That's the Phoenix Force. Yay. Yeah, for sure. Simeon. Phoenix Force was probably one of the more streamlined ones. Yeah. I said best was Book of the Skull. Um, bunch of plus twos to attack. Bunch of, like, movement attacks that characters didn't have. So, like, charge, uh, running shot. Maybe some shape change, maybe some plasticity, maybe like you know, you know, different stuff like that. Um, the fact that you got like free quakes out of it and different like things when you equipped. I said the worst was the Punisher van or Turtle van because they both had resource dials that I don't think I've ever seen anyone use because they're just kind of that bad. Uh, Would have taken like so much more effort to play the resource than just playing it as is and there's no reason to not just play it as is my favorite uh is actually the Yu-Gi-Oh millennium stone because Hmm. not only does it allow you to bring in bystanders it also gives you access to just like really broken power sets um the millennium stone gives you like stuff that i've i'd never play in casual again because it's just like really mean but I'm glad I played it once so I could see what it did. Nice. Next up is the best, worst, and favorite objects or relics of the decade. Uh, The best, I don't know, like, I was kind of, you know, what is the best object or relic? So it is, to me, a tie, because it's hard to compare two things that didn't exist at the same time. Well, I mean, everything, whatever. You know what I mean. Right. Uh, So one is Mjolnir, and the other is the... uh, and I forgot to write it down, but it's the thing that lets you outwit. It's the ultimate. It's not the global Omega Drive. Knowledge. The Omega Drive. Thank you. The Omega yeah. Drive. Really stupid. Good. Both of them, I think, in their own ways. Uh, worst, I said, um, the Captain America shield because it was just a light object. That's all it did. It was kind of lame. Um, <laughs> it was really stupid. And then I really didn't like the cosmic control rod, um, unless you played it with a figure right. that picked it up. It was eight points. And it was a roll to see if you got Power Cosmic. And most of the time, like, yeah, Power Cosmic is really good, but there are other ways to give people willpower uh, without taking a chance on rolling the dice. And then my favorite, um, 
old school one was the Uru Forge. I really liked the Uru Forge. Uh, mm. I thought it was cool giving someone plus three to speed. Now when they charge, it's like crazy long or whatever. And it was really easy to pick up the Uru Forge. That was another reason I really enjoyed it. Well, sure, with split lip, it's uh, super easy. Oh, yeah. You Not even mean old man. Uh... <laughs> so I said best was the Omega Drive. Um, I think for at the, like at the time when it came out like what it did was way different than uh you know if you had fast forwarded to like nick fury set and had uh the eyeballs nick fury he kind of does like a similar thing worst i said adamantium ball and chain that oh. was the thor le prize if you went to the organized play the figure that you got was the adamantium ball and chain and if you don't know what it does, that's because no one's ever done it. Like, no one's ever used it. What it does is it gives you a minus three to speed, and then if you hit somebody, it attaches to them and gives them a minus three to speed. Well, it's not very easy to hit somebody with a close attack when you have a minus three to speed. That means like even if you have a ten speed charge, you're only moving two squares. So I've never equipped it. I have two of them. I always wanted to put it on Casey Superman because he can use end cap uh, when he's like on his like lower point dial. So I was like, oh, I'll just put it in his square, have him equip it. If anyone comes up next to him, he'll hit him with end cap and equip it. <laughs> Never did that. Uh, my favorite is the Ock Arms. Not the new ones, not the flurry, uh, leap climby ones. The ones that gave you four range, three targets plus or four range three targets and perplex twice uh these were silly giving range to somebody that doesn't have range was really cool um giving three targets to someone who only had one target or had no targets or like zero range was really fun and then two uses of perplex is also really fun it's uh silly it's not fun for your opponent <laughs> Uh, next up is best, worst, and favorite maps. For best, I put the triple helicarrier maps from the Captain America set, the old one. That was really fun. I've only played on it once, but man, it's cool. Putting maps together is so neat. I I love it. I think it's I think it's hilarious. It is such it is such a good time. Worst, it was really hard for me to pick worst. I really try to keep thinking of a map where if someone was like, all right, and flippity flip flip. This is our map where I would just want to like get up and leave, and I honestly couldn't think of any, so I just said hedge maze, because uh, uh, people that play on hedge maze are, uh, are jerks and they're terrible people. That's just the way it is. And then personal favorite is the AVX Genosha Island. I can't remember if it's east side or west side. The one that was in the Avengers starter. But that I've played that map so many times. I just love the layout of it. I like um, the the water, it's got water, it's got clear terrain, it doesn't have a lot of blocking, it has a little bit elevated to the side, you know, the starting areas are different, I just really, I just think that's a really crazy, like, cool map to play, I think it's, I think it's really neat and unique, and I really enjoyed playing on that map a whole bunch. Simeon? I said best was Arthur's Castle. I don't know why, I just, yeah, I think it's like a super solid thematic map, um, I think you can use it for a multitude of different teams. There's elevated, there's hindering, there's water, there's like weird blocking areas, there's like places to hide, there's all kinds of like cool stuff that you can do on it. 
you can force the like action to one side or the other if you want. Um, it's just kind of like a cool like siege map if you want to play it out that way. So I said that was the best one. I also don't. I didn't pay attention to a lot of maps when I first started out. I kind of just like threw my figures on wherever. So that's why most of my maps that I know of are uh, mo- more modern. Uh, the worst map is the Labyrinth. Mm. Yeah. Or Hedge Maze. Uh, it's basically the same thing. ROC has a great way of designing maps with a ton of blocking that are really restrictive for people that aren't expecting them, a.k.a. anyone that doesn't play ROC maps. So uh, it's just really awful. Labyrinth is similar to the... La- uh, the Labyrinth is similar to the Hedge Maze, except it's indoor and uh, there's, like, not a solid path to the other side. You have to go, like, to the left, and then up, and then to the right, and then up, and then to the left, and then up. And it's like, now you're to where your opponent was, except that, you know, they built their team around this map, so it's just really abusable. So that's why that was my worst map. Uh, Favorite is a mock time. It's the Star Trek map. It's just the open, like, hey, let's do this. Uh, You can substitute in the new WWE map where it's like the entrance ramp and the announcer tables because I like maps where there's no thinking. You just throw your figures at each other and you're like, did I build good? No, you built good. I did not build as good as you built. And then you just roll dice and then you're sad, you know, or you're happy because you built good. Good job, Grog. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Best, worst, and favorite set of the decade. Um, although I only played one month of it, I think what it did for the game and how much people loved and enjoyed this set and loved playing it, uh, I had to go with War of Light. Uh, people just really seemed to enjoy it. I thought, for as, as the way a set goes, it was very focused. It understood what it was. There was no figure not a lantern i'm 90 percent sure i'm like 97.50 whatever percent sure that they are either super heavy in a lantern story or they were a lantern of some kind and i think that's the way sets should be if a set is called <coughs> captain america and the avengers there shouldn't be a bunch of thunderbolts uh running around it should be just captain america people and just avengers but whatever tons uh, of avengers like, and no captain america salty yeah no captain america's like it's what what in the world shifting uh, focus iron man and no captain america captain america's <laughs> captain america have a shifting focus version i mean sure he does is there a million more captain americas we can make shifting focus yeah he does whatever we're not we're not gonna get it on a tangent like that right now uh worst set i think this is kind of agreed upon but what if an elseworlds uh to yeah. me they tie um because I bought a case of What If and was disappointed and then didn't buy any of Elseworlds because I also just saw it and was like, yeah, the disappointment is there too. Uh, My favorite set, it's really hard to choose favorite set, but I can't match the joy I felt when the Winter Soldier set came out. And a lot of the figures were good. Unlike a lot of movie, it felt like the first movie set where they decided to say, hey, let's actually make these figures kind of playable. Because the Iron Man 3 was not... Like, there weren't a ton of playable figures in Iron Man 3. The Avengers movie had a couple. I wasn't really even playing competitively at the time, but man, I loved the synergy and all the, like, just the really cool figures in the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier set. I mean, that was the first set where, like, day one, I'd already bought... um, 
a full countertop display and the starter and the even the stupid extra starter thing the the two figure one which is also just the two starter figures like i With bought that map that was why. like five by twelve yeah or something the weird silly. cardboard like map that was like a thick cardstock thing and i just I like I oh yeah set so much the unique movement you'll be able to use on this map you can yeah. run forward or forward. Wait for your opponent to run right. <laughs> it's, it wasn't uh, much, but it was it was awesome. And so that's those are my picks for set. All right, uh, for best, I said X Men Xavier School. Uh, it's a lot newer than War of Light, but I think it did a similar thing where um, the majority of the set was like X Men or X villains, and it really shaped the meta, similar to how War of Light shaped the meta for like years afterwards um we're still playing x-men xavier school stuff you know two years after uh, until it rotates out we'll be playing it um yeah worst set i said the wonder woman movie set because yikes what was even in that set <laughs> etta candy uh some soldier man wonder woman i'm guessing wasn't oh wait a cheetah was she in the movie? No. You know who was? Ares. Did we get an Ares? No. Did we get any of the unique like characters that fought with you know the like war people? No. We didn't get, we didn't get anyone. We got like I think we got Hippolyta and Wonder Woman and we got like double versions of Oh, we also got Raven. Remember when Raven appeared in the movie? Oh yeah, you don't. Raven and Starfire, Kid Flash, because... they were all over the Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> it wasn't a Titans movie, it turns out it was a Wonder Woman movie. So I don't know what they were doing with that movie uh, set. It was just kind of awful. Strange how it also has a chase figure that is like the most expensive chase figure of modern day right now. Anyhow, uh, my favorite set of the decade is Wolverine and the X-Men. I I like everything about the set. I love the Shi'ar, like heavily themed Shi'ar. I love the like Wolverine uh, school of like Xavier kind of stuff with um, Quentin Choir. I love the uh, X Man. I'm pretty sure it's like one of the only times he was made well. I like how they made Legion. I like that they threw in Mojo. They gave us a long shot. They It was pretty much the set of like Dark Phoenix Saga, like the animated series, before they did the animated series. But it gave us so many of like the people and figures that like were childhood like TV show kind of stuff that it's like one of my favorite sets even still today. Uh, Sauron, Silver Samurai... It also had a ton of really good Wolverine, like his rogues gallery. Right, yeah. And we haven't really gotten like any good versions of his rogues gallery since then. But yeah, that's my favorite. Right on. Moving on to uh, best events of the decade. Um, kind of like what I said again at the War of Light set. I think War of Light was a stupid, crazy good event. Um, I think worst was Days of Future Past because it was just like ID cards and then eh, there's a tricent and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And that's just kind of lame, kind of low tier. And then my personal favorite 
once again, I didn't play in a lot of events. I only ever played in one of this event. Uh, but it was uh, AVX, and I just loved uh, the Avengers versus X-Men, you know, atmosphere. I, I liked the idea of getting the team base at the end. I just thought it was a really fun event. Nice. Yeah, I agreed with you. Um, so the reason I didn't have a War of Light for best set of the decade is because I had it for best HeroClix event of the decade. Man, WizKids, if you wanted to make a ton of the DC people happy and you wanted to make a ton of money bring back a War of the Light summer event. Because you didn't yeah. quite hit everything last time, and uh, even if you did, people would buy it again. So that was definitely the best of the decade. Uh, worst is definitely the 15th anniversary, which was nothing. We got Ameridroid and, uh, what was it, Wonder Lady. I don't know. It was just it was- Skyscraper Wonder Woman. <laughs> Yeah, skyscraper, Wonder Woman, and Ameridroid were like the big things, but they weren't even—they uh, weren't even really an event. It didn't have any kind of event feel to it. There was no like month-to-month like anything. It was just like here's two extra sets that no one asked for. Goblin King's good, and so is this one chase. Uh, his name is Green Arrow. He has one arm. That was all anyone cared about those sets. Uh, another. Really, really bad set was that's uh, the the one that you said the X Men the here's some ID cards there's a Tri Sentinel that you can potentially play for um, do whatever you feel like there's no set to go along with it this is not how you do a summer organized play kit this is how you give out like monthly prizing and I'd be happy with ID cards as monthly prizing I'm not happy with them as like the big summer event it's really sad and it makes me sad for the game what i what didn't make me sad for the game is my favorite event which was fear itself um Mm. fear itself had some great le's it had a resource it had these hammers that you could collect it had the mighty it had the worthy it had all these crazy characters with huge values are they worth it and sealed no are they you know Fun and casual? No. Um, but maybe Kurth could be good. No. Um, he had a fun sculpt. Yes, he did have a fun sculpt. Uh, the Colossus that was Juggernaut-powered was really cool. He was in that set. The Dracula that was in that set was crazy, overpowered. Um, just a ton of really fun stuff. Monkey King. Um, it's a great great version of taking a comic book storyline yeah and making a perfect like clicks version of it like Almost showing perfect. you like how it yeah basically uh like basically, showing you yeah. like how the comic like progressed and i could truly see someone like buying into that set or like playing in that set not knowing anything about the comic and being like what in the world is going on and then they go and grab the comics because they're, like, intrigued. They're like, why is this guy named Greethoth? Why is this guy named, like, Nurkod? You know, like, what is going on here? And then they read the comic, and it was a solid comic. Also, it really was. the serpent. The serpent, again, Yeah. best click of all time. Really big, sick, cool prize. That, you know, you really can't sell that. I love Fear Itself. It was that event that made me want to read it. And then I read it and I was like, whoa, 
this is freaking amazing. And I think Fear Itself is easily one of my favorite Marvel events to this day. The only reason I kind of hate that set is because, to me, like how I basically read every storyline, I saw Captain America as really a big main focal point of it because it kind of split off to an Iron Man story, a Thor story, and a Cap story in, like, the main run of it. And we didn't get a Steve Rogers. And he did two of the coolest things ever, which was pick up Mjolnir again. And when he had all the guns and he was, like, blasting down stuff, like, it hurt me so bad that WizKids didn't give me a Captain America that started off with a ton of like guns and shooting like a hold the line style cap and then moved on right. to like a Mjolnir dial. That still is to me, it's the biggest error WizKids has ever done. And I'll never truly forgive them <laughs> for not giving me, we got two things of captain America in that set. One was the broken shield under like Odin's brother. And then Bucky who died right away. <laughs> so it really, yeah. it really bothers me. They didn't give me to like me as the, the most pinnacle version of captain America standing against it all, but whatever. I'll never truly I forgive just... you, but I love how there's okay. there's not a better version of the thing than the fear itself thing. So like like the um they're getting all their hammers and they're like you are breaker of the oceans, you're breaker of the sky, you're breaker of like men, you're like breaker of the earth. And then they give a hammer to like the thing and you're like what could he be? Like they already have somebody that's breaker of like stone or whatever and it's like breaker of souls and you're like oh no it's pretty it's pretty gnarly like when you're on the <laughs> like so the cool. street it's so cool it's yeah like we got also also awesome maps blitzkrieg usa bronx and oklahoma yancey street like such awesome maps for that too that oh great. for sure yeah uh just a great way to do an event yeah yeah uh we still have a lot to go through and i don't want this to be a two-hour show so Next up is best vehicle. We'll try to keep these guys quick. Best worst favorite vehicle of the decade. I think the best is the bug. I've never played it or played against it, but man, it's so cool. Um, the worst is going to go to Kang's time chair. It sucks. Don't argue with me. And then my personal favorite is, this is a surprise to anybody, but the Captain America's motorcycle. Oh, for sure. I put uh, best as the Blackbird. Um, I think it was a long time overdue. I think it works pretty cool. It works pretty well. Uh, the worst I put as the new Wonder Woman jet, um, just cause like we don't have a solid Wonder Woman pilot. We've got a lot of like decent, like mediocre kind of Wonder Woman, but nothing like you can pilot it with and it makes sense. Like you got to give them some powers that make sense. So that's why, yeah, that's the worst. Uh, the favorite vehicle, um, got to go with the dune buggy because i really i've probably run that like twice as often as i've ever run any other vehicle interesting dune buggy nice choice next set of questions will focus on whiz kids in the game itself here looks has changed over the decade which changes worked which ones didn't and which ones didn't go far enough to change that work i said i liked the idea and i can't remember if these were in this decade but the super booster sets sets that were eight figures and then one super booster i thought those were actually really cool and i think that was a sweet change uh i think the worst change they did was trying to bring back rev with the uh anniversary sets Soon. Yeah, so we didn't know that until uh, we went to Worlds and talked to him. But yeah, uh, what if and Else Worlds were them trying to bring back the REV sets? That's why there's so much sculpture use, and that was generally looked at as a bad choice. Um, 
So I said the 2017 rules revamp. I thought that was oh, a good change. Yeah. I thought they they tried to streamline it. Hey, they did a fairly good job. They re-upped it in 2018 and then again in 2019 a little bit. So, I mean, you're never going to get everything perfect, but man, did they make a lot of rules really easier to understand, uh, especially mind control. Mind control used to be like, well, does it do this? Can I do this with it? Can I do that with it? Because it was kind of like an open-ended power. Now it's like, boom, nope. Yep. And that's it. Cleans like, it up, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, retails and IDs are new in the past decade. Uh, special terrain and different stuff like that. Uh, I think that ID, honestly, IDs and retails currently are broken. There should never be a game element, in my opinion, that is necessary other than figures. I feel like if you have 300 points of figures, you should be able to hold up to 300 points of figures and IDs or 300 points of figures and retail. That is not the case. I think that once that becomes not the case like it is now, you need to rethink how you play your ID cards, how you point cost your ID cards and your like retaliators. I think that they should be reined back. So that's my, my one gripe. Um, right on. I like relics. I think that you should bring them back in a little bit of like limited capacity. Maybe like so when you give an object indestructible, you make it, you also make it like a relic. So you make it a relic. If it's like an easy thing to pick up, like let's say it's cap shield, it's not only indestructible, but like you have to know how to use it. So you have to like be somewhat like combat, like related. So you like it, you can pick it up on a five, six. If you have martial artist or soldier, you can pick it up on like a four through six. Um, Mjolnir, you pick it up on like a six. If you're Asgardian deity, you pick it up on a like four through six, you know? Um, so bring back like the, the maybe you don't pick up kind of like equipment thing, because it's kind of silly that like big Tony or suited henchman can pick up Mjolnir. Yeah, it's dumb. I, I absolutely hate that. I'm going to count a lot of those answers to which new game elements uh, introduced that you did or didn't like, just so you know, Simeon. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, think, that, like, these, a lot of these kind of merged All of my together. nines were also tens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. I really liked uh, equipment. ID. I do like IDs. I, I'm probably in alone there. I love the shared traits mechanic. I loved word balloons and constructs. I thought that was really stupid cool. I absolutely hated entities, and I really don't much care for retail. I also like team bases. I'm also kind of alone there probably too, but I really enjoy team bases. I'll throw in – yeah, I'll throw in super friends. I honestly like super friends. Um, is it broken that you can have like this free thing on your sideline that can come in? No, it's not because honestly, none of them are more than like a support piece. You're not yeah. pulling in one that's like four clicks long and like has invincible top dial. They die super easy. You get those points when they die. Um, like you got to do it when it's like kind of like go for broke kind of situation because uh even like the best ones even like firestorm coming with the, his plus two perplex he's three clicks long and most likely if your game goes like five more rounds he's gonna kill himself so yep. uh yeah that's All one right. of my my one of like the, the ones that i do like <laughs> all right 
Um, what things did WizKids did right or wrong for the decade? I have there's a couple of things here. Um, they started the decade pretty strong with communication because they were on that up ramp. They were doing 12 days of Clicksmiths in like 2013, 2014, stuff like that. And I thought that was great. They dropped off on communication for a really long time there, which was terrible. And they started up again. I think the stuff they did right was the Scott Porter unboxing series. People really enjoy that. He's been doing that for almost six years now. He did it with the first Deadpool set that came out and people really, really enjoyed that. I think they've had some bad chase themes. Um, and that's just, you know, that's the way it is. They can't all be winners, but I've just kind of noticed some are just terrible and no one collects them except for like one or two. Uh, DC kind of suffers the most from that. Bizarro and Dark Knight Metal. Um, cool ideas, but just really bad figures, uh, which kind of makes it not so much a cool idea anymore. And then characters that don't actually exist, like the Iron Man chase theme from the 2013 set and the Venom chase theme, like not real characters, just like comic covers and stuff, are a lot of them really good figures. Some aren't, but there was like one or two really good standout figures in those chase themes, even though they weren't like real like figures or whatever. Um, bad stuff they introduced. Tab app, Iron Maiden, Lone Ranger. <laughs> if you know what they are, they're all so bad. They're so terrible. Um, I still have good. the gravity feed of uh, oh, Lone Ranger if anyone's interested in the one through four figures that came in a gravity feed. Oh, it's so bad. Can you imagine so grabbing figures from a gravity feed, looking to get one through four, and you're like, another Tonto, another Tonto, another Tonto. Oh, it's the, the red hat lady. Another Tonto. Oh, it's another red hat lady. Oh, there's the Lone Ranger. Now I just have to buy eight more to get Butch, or whatever his name was. Yeah, I just want one of each. Like uh, I, just, I can't even imagine. Uh, no. The good, the good stuff I did put. Uh, good stuff was like WWE. I enjoyed the Kick Arse two set, and I liked the base change. I always kind of forget the base change happened, but the bases before oh, yeah, the Oreo. Galactic Guardians Superman, like the Oreo bases are great. I love them. They're thick. Yeah. They're really cool. They're easy to turn for the most part. It depends on what kind of base you get. But the ones before that, the ones like the one, the Captain America set bases are so hard to turn. You have to grab the sculpt and you feel like, you know, if the sculpt isn't sturdy enough, you'll you might break or crack the glue that's there. Or if the sculpt is like a really like thin person, then it, it'll just bend over and you can't turn the base at all. Yeah. Like that was really terrible. Veterans I, I love the base change. Literally go sure. to like events with a ring on their hand just to yeah. turn their bases because uh, the product was designed like in like a way that uh, you needed this like weird 3D printed ring in order to use it. Yeah. All right, Timmy, go ahead. Best worst uh, WizKids things in the decade. So uh, I agree with you with the the Scott Porter bit. Um, I think he's really char- charismatic, and he really like he does a, one of the better jobs of unboxing. Um, probably the best job of HeroClix unboxing. He actually cares about the figures more than like the uh, brokenness or like usability of them. He cares about the sculpts more than like can this die to a Cyclops Colin. So I really like that aspect of it. Um, I think something that they're not doing quite as right as they did at the beginning of the decade is towards the end of the decade. They haven't done bigger summer events to like bring people in. Yeah. Um, they. At like the beginning of the decade, they were doing like better, like colossals were the like rewards. 
good chase themes, cool figures through the sets, and then you know in like twenty, what was it, twenty seventeen with uh, What If and Elseworlds, um, they did like here's these two sets. There's no event, just play them, buy them, and you know maybe buy a Meridroid and Skyscraper Wonder Woman if you want. And then the next year, it was like, here's these ID cards. Uh, no set to go with it. No real plan. Uh, but you can use them. And it was like, cool, like, cheaper versions of ID cards that we already had. So that's okay, I guess. But, like, just like kind of like a really bad summer event. Like, it was just non-existent. Um, right. And then pushing too many sets in certain years... Uh, they they really hammered us in a few years with like multiple movie sets, multiple like actual sets, and it just sent, felt like it was just like too much to like for any one person to buy all of it. it seemed really bad. A um, lot of sculpt reuse in that same year, and then uh, I think uh, whatever DC is doing now compared to what they were doing at the beginning of the decade, you know, talk them out of it if you can because. Man, at the beginning of the decade, we had, like, all kinds of DC stuff. We had, like, plenty of... Uh, we had, like, The Flash. We had, you know, Trinity War. We had all these cool DC sets. And now we're on, like... You get one TV show a year. And that's it. Like, here's that Batman show that you used to watch. And uh, here's that Justice League show you used to watch. And then, uh, hopefully, maybe next year we'll be, like... Remember that second season of the Justice League show? Here you go. That's the set. Like, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go from this, so... Yeah. Oh, yikes. Moving on, I'm going to try to get these as quick as possible. We're almost at two hours. I know, folks. I know. I know. Uh, what was your favorite and worst moments of Heroclix in the decade? It is really hard to say uh, that my favorite moment wasn't... Uh, you know, it's it's hard not to say that it was starting the podcast. The opportunity uh, that Chris and Drew gave me to be on, um, you know, before this was my favorite podcast. Dialy which was always my favorite podcast. I love listening to it. I thought it was hilarious uh, more than any other podcast because that's all I could do uh, when I was out at the ranch. No venue near me. I just listened to podcasts. And the fact that I am now the host of it and I get to put out this beautiful show every week is just such an honor. And words really can't describe how lucky I was that that happened. Uh, worse though, first game I played with a friend. Uh, I was teaching myself how to play for years and years, and this is really a terrible note to start off on HeroClix. Um, and I was like, okay, so I was playing my all Captain America team. It's got Steve Rogers, it's got the first Avenger, it had, uh, the US agent from the Avengers set, the first carded set, cause like I had some of that for whatever reason. I was playing my Captain America team, and he plays like... Superboy, the Eradicator, and then Book of the Skulls, and that was Superboy Prime. Super, yeah, it was like something dumb, but it was like, oh, thanks. Superboy Prime with Ophidian. Uh, I'm gonna like, attach this relic, and uh, you might as well no, just but, forfeit like, now. Yeah, playing against like Book of the Skulls was like the lamest thing ever, especially against that Eradicator. And like at the time, it was different, but like, man, I'm just like, dude. Why is there a resource? Like, <laughs> like that was really the closest I ever came to like quitting the game was like right after the first game I ever played with this guy, and I was like, this sucks. I hate it. Thank you. Um, so yeah, for sure. Favorite and worst moments of the decade for you, Simeon. So 
Uh, kind of like the same vein as you. Uh, my favorite moments of the decade were like when I came back to Heroclix. I had been out for a little while. I came back playing ADW. Um, man, did I miss playing it. Like Even though like the group that I started off with was kind of like we're not like the greatest group to start off with. Um, I did have like a decent base and like seeing like how I progressed from like years before to like where I was now uh, and being able to actually like hold my own against people who had been playing for like, you know, X amount of years. That was pretty great. Um, and then, yeah, joining the podcast. Uh, I don't even know how it happened, but uh, Calder was like, hey, man, uh, here's a bunch of money. Please, please, please do this. I'm not charismatic enough. I need you. And I was like, you know what? Ha, ha, That's enough ha. money to buy me. <laughs> that didn't happen at all. No, he hasn't. I'm still stuck in this cage. Someone please let me out. Uh, all right, moving right along. <laughs> uh, worst moments were playing Vulture. Uh, just like, wow, seeing how broken this game is and how little they monitor the competitive level they never even errated vulture um being able to like play it and second turn win that's just silly to me that should never happen in a competitive game where like two people have spent like months practicing and one is just able to beat the other one and literally the second turn that's just silly uh checking my account after a bunch of sets have dropped that always hurts um and then there was a there was a new player. This was a few years ago. This was like probably 2013. I was still a fairly new player, and he was a new player, and I was trying to teach him the game. And this was the first person that I tried to bring into HeroClix. And he was playing um, the is it Injustice Society with Ultraman and Atomica and all them. Yeah, he was playing them, and I was playing just some like mishmash stuff but it had phantom x and like some other stuff the wolverine and the x-men phantom x he was pretty busted in the back in the day and uh i just made it such a terrible experience for him that he decided to like quit right then and there like in the middle of our match and never play again and i felt like so terrible about that i was like oh man i thought i was just like because i wasn't playing like particularly competitive but i just I felt so bad that I had driven somebody away from the game that I kind of made it like a mission to just uh, always dial it back from that point on. But like, yeah, I've got outwit. Yeah, I've got ranged combat expert. That doesn't mean I need to use him. I don't need to outwit his defense and hit him for four, right. like four or five. Yeah. I'm just never going to do that again. So, yeah, those things. Right on. Next up is going to be um, about the next decade. 2020, 2029. For the next decade, what do you think the game will be like and why? I think sets will completely devolve and they'll be like, yeah, this person's in the set. Um, they'll, <laughs> they'll totally make a named set and just have very little of any of that characters or supporting cast in the set, or maybe even none at all. And I think ID cards will be gone. I'll call right. it long yes. shot. That's it. No yeah. one from the Mojoverse. Exactly. One long shot. <laughs> Like, it would be crazy if they made a, a set based off a really, like, one specific storyline and just all of a sudden just put some other character and his cast of enemies and allies in it, ruining the set. Anyways, uh, that's what I think they'll do more of. Super in, uh, cool. Decade. We got a uh, superior Spider-Man. Um, mm -hmm. 
I mean, Superior Iron Man. Uh, for the ne- <laughs> for the next decade, what do I think the game will be like? Uh, I think the power creep's going to keep going up. Uh, I think that's fairly likely. I I hope ID cards are going to be gone in a couple years after some rotate out. I think that they'll stop making them, maybe. Um, I have a hard time seeing how they'll remake them without just, like, literally reprinting ones they've already done. And if they do yeah. that, like, I'm just kind of, like, out of that aspect. I'm not going to... I already have, like, a Hulk, an Iron Man, or whatever ID card. If they reprint them on, like, different cards and they're like, you need these ones to play, I'm just going to be like, nah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I hope they do more, like, I hope they make better anti-tech. So I hope that they get more intricate with the competitive scene, and they're like, man, you know, like, charge is, like, a really powerful power. Like, everybody's using it. Everybody's, like, has access to it. We need to make a way to, like, slow, the, like, charge down. So, like, they bring out Exodus, who's, like, you can't charge past my barrier. <laughs> uh, or like uh, Sheriff's Change, who makes you take a double power action for ID cards. Or uh, Spinneret, who uh, deals one penetrating to retaliators after they retaliate. Stuff like that. I hope they really rein in all their things. Um, make something that like punishes people with a lot of perplex. Like, if this is the second time you use Perplex this turn, that character takes an unavoidable damage. That would ruin a lot of teams I've played <laughs> and I've seen played. Um, I think they'll bring out new playstyles. They've brought out Skirmish. I think that Skirmish is only the beginning. They'll probably come up with some other weird, wacky, kind of weird stuff. Uh, hopefully it's just as good as Skirmish, if not better. Hopefully better. Mm, right. Uh, I think, think uh, that we're gonna move on to the next one. Uh, what are your goals, hopes, or wants in Hero Clicks? Do you want to make or do for the next decade? So I want to grow the podcast. That is gonna be my mo- like my main priority. I think we have a really fun show. I think it's really awesome, and I want more people uh, enjoying it, and listening, and hanging out with us every week because I think that's absolutely uh, just fantastic. I want to visit new venues. Um. I used to do this all the time, and now it feels like it, traveling. I do get to visit new venues, um, but I liked it when I was just in an area vacationing, and I was like, "Oh, I'll see what what venues they have here," and you know, pop in and play whatever they're playing locally, and not for a tournament, just play their local stuff. And I I think that is tons of fun. So I want to go do more of that for sure. Um, one thing I always wanted to do ever since I saw it at one HeroClix event or like at a convention, I don't know how old the picture was. But it was an Arissa cosplayer standing on like kind of like a black, so like it sort of looked like a HeroClix base. And uh, ever since I saw that, and then I saw one guy make a Super Smash Bros. base, and it had wheels, and it was like and the amiibo thing or whatever. And cosplayers could stand on it and pretend they're amiibo. So I really uh, need to just really I'm being lazy. I have all the tools and I have a workshop. I could easily make this one of these days. But I want to make a HeroClix base that has like wheels on it, and then you can also stop it so it doesn't roll around like crazy. That people can like stand on and take pictures on. I think that'd be really cool. Take to events and stuff. Uh, and the only thing that I hope for this is my one pipe dream for anything competitive related. But I would really enjoy winning teams. I think I can just get carried enough to do it. <laughs> and that's would, those are my hopes yeah. and dreams. I would to piggyback on that. I would totally love to like uh, get in the top four of like any worlds or nationals event. Um, 
that'd be super sweet. Um, have you never seen the video of the cosplayers playing hero clicks on like giant bases on a giant board? Oh no, I've actually I've never seen that. I'll they like, that uh, yeah, I don't know if I can find the link, but there's definitely a video out there where like these people standing on hero clicks things and like throwing giant foam dice at each other. Oh, that's another and thing. And then that uh, like yeah, Spider Man do... tries to dodge and stuff. <laughs> that's great. But, like, people do cosplay chess all the time, and chess does not work for cosplay. It just doesn't. It's not as cool. It doesn't work. Heroclix is literally perfect for it. I want to go to a convention where we do hero cosplay Heroclix and have people on the same whatever board. I just think that'd be cooler. It would just make more sense. It would just it would be awesome. Anyways, keep going with your answer, Simeon. Yeah, for my answers, I said uh, I hope WizKids comes out with some new win conditions. Um something beyond like score 400 points or KO all of your opposing characters. Um, if it was like collect all this stuff or, you know, like something like that, like if that new Martian manager was like, if you collect all cookies on the board and there are no more cookies on the board, you win. And like the game ends and you win. Like that would make him worth 120 points. Um, if WizKids becomes more active and, like, receptive to the community, if they start, like, uh, talking with people more on, like, Twitter, they've gotten better in, like, the last couple of months that I've noticed. But if they, uh, like, started answering questions that are just, like, posed on Twitter, there's only 20 people, so, like, can't be too hard on them. But at the same time, there's only 20 people, so if I message somebody on their Twitter account and I'm like, hey, what are you doing with this? And they can't, like, poke their head into, like, someone else's office that's, like, five feet away and be like, hey, someone on Twitter just asked what we're doing with this. And they can't, like, respond. Um, I just hope that they're a little bit more receptive with, like, community stuff. It's not a huge community compared to other games, but it's still big enough where, like, you know, it'd be nice to get some feedback. Uh, I hope the win system does something. Don't care what it is, just hope it's something uh, hasn't updated in probably like a decade. Uh, hope they update the convention vault for people who don't travel or pay like huge prices for people who do travel. Um, it'd be really cool if like six months to a year down the line, or like even two years down the line, you could buy the same convention exclusives as the people that show up for cheaper or the same price, or, like, what have you. Um, so, yeah, those are my hopes. Okay. My goals. Right on. Moving on to number 15. What things do you want WizKids to change or fix here in the next decade? I'm going to keep this really short. Uh, fix wording. Make that more clear and precise. You really started doing this, and you still have those same things, but, like, sometimes the wording is just, like, weird, or it's redundant, and it's kind of bad. So do that, and then change your playtesting. I don't know what you got to do. I don't know what goop you guys are on or what it is, but you all need to change something about your playtesting because uh, some of this stuff is pretty bad. Uh, I think, overall, more playtesting is never a bad thing, and that's really about it. Simeon? Yeah, so, like, with that new Hulk where he's, like... Uh, KO me once, shame on you. KO me twice, still shame on you. KO me thrice, you get all the points. Um, they very explicitly, in like the text of his card, like tell you, like the like the person attacking him gets twenty five points. Next time he's KO'd, they get twenty five points. Uh, third time, and he is KO'd the third time. Like they spell it all out. Why they can't do that, 
on just like every figure with like weird shenanigans stuff uh like captain marvel why they can't just make it like really clean and like parsed out really easily i do not know but that do more of that um i hope that they fix retail and ids again like i don't think there's any one element that should be such a big focus in like the hero clicks community that it outpaces the actual figures played uh the fact that i could play like a hundred point figure and it doesn't really matter what that hundred point figure does as long as it's not like a terrible i die like to one attack figure if it's anything that survives like a couple attacks then that hundred point figure is a good id battery and i can play like a pretty decent like competitive game with just ids and that's silly to me um I really hope they fix whatever disparity they have with DC and Marvel, uh, whether it's like game design or DC not letting them do certain stuff or them having multiple people design sets. Man, yeah, I don't. Is it just? I don't get it. It's just so weird. DC, DC is back there saying you can't make DC figures good. They gotta yeah. be bad. There's no way Martian Manhunter would have an 18 defense printed. He has to be angry and looking for cookies to have an 18 defense. Meanwhile, we'll make a Thor that has an 18 defense with energy shield or mystics, your choice, for five points less. Also, he doesn't take one unavoidable damage, you know. Uh, It's just a huge, like, gap between what Marvel can do and what DC can do. And DC seems better on, like, the... The sport characters, but not so much the attackers. And yeah, fix that. Yeah. Fix it. Next up, sixteen. What set Heroclix characters, objects, maps, etc. And Heroclix, do you want to come out in the next decade? We could talk another like two hours about what we want. I have all of them written down. I'm gonna say um, one after the other, and I'm gonna say it really fast. If you want to, there's a really cool backwards fifteen button, and you can try to listen to it again. There's also a pause button on the podcast. So here we go. I'm going to name one DC set, one Marvel set. I want a cosmic DC set. I know I say I hate the cosmic keyword, which I do, but I want more lanterns in my life. Number two for Marvel, I want a alternate universe Marvel set. Secret Wars, but not bad, okay? I want alternate universe Marvel characters. With that in mind, these are all the figures I want made in the coming years. 1602, Red Lantern slash Pink Lantern Guy Gardner at the same time. Yellow Guy Gardner, the Iron Duck, Fear Itself Captain America, Nomad, the Captain, more Marvel Zombies, Cap Falcon, Captain American Falcon Duo. Uh, Norman Osborn is the Iron Patriot. Haven't got one of those in a million times. I want a Marvel movie set. I don't care if it has to be a reflection on the past 10 years. I want a good Marvel movie set. No Black Widow, no Captain Marvel, Infinity War, and Endgame, period. I want Most Green Lantern 2x2s. Uh, goodness, I hate Captain Marvel so much. Um, <laughs> I want Green Lantern 2x2s. I want Kyle Rayner and a giant, stupid uh, anime mech thing. I want Guy Gardner in a monster truck. I want Green Lantern 2x2s. I want Hal Jordan in a jet. I think that would be sick and awesome. I want Kryptonite that would cripple any Superman. I want the Captain America Corps. I want the Invaders and the Invaders World War II style enemies. I want, uh, for maps, I want the Warrior Bar. I want a obstacle course like Wipeout or Ninja Warrior. That would be sick. I want Egypt. I want Paris. I want an Avengers compound that's wrecked, and any map that has lava in it is freaking cool! And that's it. That's what I want. Simeon, go. Alright, I want more animated slash video game sets. I want uh, like more text that references those kind of things. Um, 
all Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. Uh, the Wolverine video game was, like, one of the best movie-based video games ever. Uh, it was probably better than the actual movie, uh, looking back. Um, I want them to revisit the Ultimate Universe with, the like, a set. I, I think that there's enough stuff in the Ultimate Universe that they never hit on that they could do again. Uh, I'd really like them to hit the Hickman, Jonathan Hickman Fantastic Four run. I think that he's really good at world building, and they never like fully got the Fantastic Four in his vision, um, let alone like Galactus and Celestials and Doom and stuff. Uh, figures, I really hope they make. I really hope they make a God Doom. I really hope they make a like full on like unbeatable Superman, like a Superman from uh, I can't remember the name of the animated series now, where he took like ten billion suns to the face. That whole that cartoon uh, movie. Um, I just want him to make a Superman that is like the DC equivalent of Marvel's like big hitters. And in Heroclix, for some reason, Superman always falls a little bit short. Like, he, he might hit big, but he's got, like, a 17 defense. Or he might have a high defense, but he's only got, like, a few clicks long. Or, like, he might have, like, a decent defense powers, but, like, you know, he, he's, like, outwittable. Um, they just never make Superman quite as beastly as uh, I hope they could. Uh, for objects, I think they should make the Wolverine shell. Like the the casing of adamantium that melted upon him, and then was later empty. Uh, the cerebro helmet that uh, the new Professor X has been walking around with. Uh, the ultimate nullifier that uh, what does it do? I don't know. It's the ultimate bluff weapon. Uh, the heart of the universe. We've never seen that. It does the same thing that a lot of other things do, but uh, it's another excuse for pick a power or something. Um, for maps, WrestleMania, Hell in a Cell, the Dark Knight's Gotham. Um, every section of Gotham, every like block was a different Batman rogue that like had converted it into something crazy. Uh, I hope they make more vehicles and special terrain. I don't care what the special terrain is, just keep making it. If you have a figure with a funky base when they KO or just give them like a five point chunk of their dial, doesn't matter what it does. If they're not using their whole dial, give them some terrain on there and make a like little one by one terrain works for me. I don't care. I just want more special terrain. It's cool. Works for me. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Last, but finally not least any advice for whiz kids in the next decade. We kind of, kind of sort of gave it while we were giving the answers. So I'll make it quick. Uh, make sets, Better. Uh, if it's going to be called, you know, just as an example, Captain America and the Avengers, I would really like only and Captain the America Avengers. figures. And the Avengers. Like, come on. like make the Mostly Avengers. Go. Mostly <laughs> Avengers. Like, and uh, it's not even Captain America, right? If we go back and look at the Black Panther set, it is like, yeah, there's like 10 Black Panther, maybe like 15 or whatever. It's under 20. Like, Black Panther characters and cast. And then it's... Um, you know the Illuminati and their cosmic pals, and I hate it. And it's like it's like yeah, it wasn't it was, Black it was Panther and the Elders of the Universe and Avengers. Yeah, but like, yet Elders of the Universe got like a, a huge chunk of the uh, yeah. Attention. Like it is, it's still a good set and it's still really cool. But also, if I was a Black Panther fan, I would have been crushed that that was my Black Panther set. I'd have been like, we got 
you know, 15 Wakandans, five of them were generics. What the heck? You know, I'd, I'd have been miffed. I would have been, I would have hated it. You know, that's kind of how it feels as Captain America said. Just saying, guys. You know, like these characters have such deep, rich history. Um, besides that, uh, you guys need to no more filler sets. No more of this filler stuff. You know, if you're going to make a set that's got villains or Spider-Man or whatever, make a Spider-Man set. Don't put that in my Earth-X. Don't taint it, all right? If you're going to make Thunderbolts, make them in some other set. Just don't don't ruin the sets I like, all right, or want to like. Uh, don't make any more X-Men ever again, just period. Uh, delete the cosmic keyword, and all figures that have the cosmic keyword are just don't have that keyword anymore. I hate it. And cut it off. What you should do is have more communication. Uh, hire or at least accept play testers in any form and have more transparency because that's what everyone wants to see in a company. Simeon, go. Yeah, make a bunch of people like sign a non-disclosure form, but let them play test and tell you like what they think about it because, man, do we have opinions and we want to give them to you like in time to make you fix them, but we can't because you don't uh, let us. Uh, and trust me, I know you hate some of our opinions. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine if you're just like, you're absolutely wrong. And I've been told that by like WizKids uh, people before. And I'm fine with them like saying that doesn't change my opinion. Like, I know I don't change theirs. But at the same time, it's like, at least you heard it, you know. Um, whereas I don't know if you always do. Uh, my advice, focus on figures more. Um, get away from things that aren't your product. ID cards, that's not hero clicks. Uh, retaliators, sure, that's a figure. That's a like that's an actual physical thing that you put on the board. Sure, good. Uh, super friends, cool. Do more things like that. Uh, shifting focus, yes, also a figure. ID cards, that's not a figure. Um, figure out a way to do colossals and colossal retaliation without needing ID cards to rein them in. That's my my big takeaway. Uh, Make sure there's options and counter tactics for everything you make. If a set comes out and you've got a ton of really cheap barrier, like, oh, this 20-point figure with Indom and barrier, and it's not, you know, unique, so people can pay, play, like, five of it. Maybe next set you make, like, a bunch of stuff that says, like, opposing characters can only make, like, one barrier marker when they use barrier. And so now, like, if someone plays five of them, they can only make, like, five barrier markers instead of 20. Uh, how crazy would that be to, like, you know, balance your things set by set? Uh, fix your point costing. Stop being afraid to make figures that are, like, should be really good, really good. Uh, Living Tribunal, as my, my one go-to example, man, should he have been, for 1,300 points, man, should he have been crazy stacked. And you didn't. And what was like, no one's playing a 13 plus 100 point, like, you know, 1300 plus point game with Living Tribunal and, uh, you know, like doing something competitive that you need to worry about. You literally don't need to worry about that aspect of your game. It's all home games. It's all like fun games. So there's no balance needed. You could make those characters as busted as you wanted. And if people complain, it's like, okay, well, like, you know, stack the deck with ID cards or make it a boss battle. Like, who cares? So just go crazy with those high point figures. Um, and fix your DC points. Uh, like, again, DC is costed way more than Marvel for the same stuff. 
your defense values are way too low, your attack values are way too low, um, the powers are fine, but usually like come with like some caveat that isn't great. Uh, the like Doomsday Batman chase, he came with like a thing that it occasionally damaged the opposing character, but more often than not gave them like bonuses to their stats. And it was like, I get it thematically, but why is on, he man. so high point costed for what he does? Like, you know, uh, he should be cheaper because he's helping out my opponent. So, yeah. Um, and then, uh, last but not least, grab, like, an anime license if you can. Uh, I don't even care if it's one that I know of. Just, like, get your foot in the door. Start getting some, like, Shonen Jump stuff. Because there's enough out there that, like, if you get one title... There's 10,000 fans, at least, that are willing to, like, play a game of it. Um, yeah. Even if it's, like, something that I've never heard of, like, Shinji Brick Thrower 5,000 Tornado Fist. Like, never heard of it, but I'm sure there's, you know, at least 10,000 fans in America that are willing to buy miniatures of it. You know? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Ooh, sorry, I just shuddered at the thought of anime fans. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Who would cosplay such a thing? <laughs> Ugh, gross. Ugh, ugh. Anyways, thank you, Malcolm, so much for sending in those questions. That's an ironic thing. I freaking love anime. So I just, I just poking fun, guys. Uh, but if, yeah. Anyways, thank you so much, Malcolm, for sending us those questions. Boy, howdy, this was a very long podcast. I'm glad for anyone that stuck around this long. Maybe you cut it into two nice little bite-sized pieces. As a reminder, uh, remember these amazing things. You can find us on Twitter at DialH4. That's the number four hero clicks. Find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/DialH4HeroClicks. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Radio Public, Listen Notes. Um, you're listening to this right now. If you're hearing this, we're also on YouTube. Um, so you must be on one of those platforms or at least something and you know tell a tell a friend or family member you know i bet your mom would love to listen to this podcast uh you can also uh send us an email at gmail.com sorry dialage for your clicks at gmail.com uh if you want to support the show if you like what we do for some reason you want to toss us a couple of bucks every month you can go on patreon we give away stuff we have action tokens we have stickers all sorts of fun there's a patreon exclusive discord if you want to go in there hang out and watch me never reply to messages because discord is the worst (laughs) you can do that uh and that is all i have to say simian you ready to read us out of here almost but before i do i cannot stand this guy I just want to say uh, I love each and every one of you. Oh my gosh. Unless unless you're one of those people that think that Calder's a better host than me. And then mm-hmm. I love you just mm-hmm. a slightly bit less. But no matter how much I love you on a scale of 1, which is Calder, to me, which is 10, all of you should go to CoolStuffInc.com. Here, Dial H Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com. And you can find cool stuff in stock every day. You can get 5% off by using the code DIAL5, including all the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. So you can check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Buy the Captain America set. Happy trails. Thank you.